0: Doomed to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes and adult language. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello and welcome back to Doomed to Repeat. I'm Sergio, your handler.
2: I'm Lev and I play Agent Tuck. I'm Amanda Dominic, and I'm Agent Boomer. I'm Caleb James Miller and I play Agent Merritt. I'm Eli and I'm playing Agent Hyde. I'm Zakia, and I play Agent Warp.
1: I want to start by announcing the winners of our first Doomed to Repeat trivia contest. The question for this trivia contest was... Before leaving for Yosemite, who is the last person that Tuck calls? The answer is Hyde. Hyde and Warp was also an acceptable answer. Congratulations to the winners, Neg4, Ren E, Daryl Tyrone, and Martha Makes. Ren will be receiving the limited print signed poster. Neg4, Daryl, and Martha will be receiving Perennial Airlines t-shirts. In case you missed out, we will be holding future contests at the release of the fifth and then final episodes of this arc, so stay tuned. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, and leave a review where you can, it really does help. You can also join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash rp where, for just two bucks, you can get access to tons of behind-the-screen content along with our Discord In this episode, we conclude our playthrough of the scenario, Operation Fulminate, Sentinels of Twilight. Let's begin.
0: Dear Dad, I'm writing this to you because I think if I called, we'd end up fighting. And I'm too fucking tired for that. Who knows if you'll ever even see this. Right now, your baby girl is having a seizure in my friend's arms. My wife is in a corner blaming herself, and the rest of my team are fighting the goo that came out of Mia's face. That's a wild sentence to say, but there it is. I recognize that you would have no reason to know how to deal with a situation like this. I know that. That is still entirely not the point of this. You were given a second chance, with the daughter you grieved. And you didn't take it. Mia wanted you. She asked for you and Mom, and one of the first things I said to my baby sister in more than two decades was a lie. Or maybe it wasn't a lie. (laughs) I mean, I haven't talked to Mom in 16 years, so it makes sense that I couldn't get a hold of her. I don't even remember what I said about you. I was just so mad that you weren't here when she wanted you. My whole team dropped everything in their lives to come and help. We are not a group of people who are friends. I think more people dislike each other than like at this point, but we do care about each other. So fucking much. More than I think anyone anticipated. And yes, are they here because Mia might be some kind of anomaly that we have to catalog and classify? Almost definitely. (laughs) I'm not going to kid myself that they care about me enough for my request to drag them away from their comfortable lives just for me. But they're here, and that counts for so much. We haven't seen each other in... months. It feels like longer. Orson has a beard that's almost certainly driving him insane, and his eyes look... he's not the same as when he left. Though I'm sure retirement does that to a man like him. Max got a haircut. She looks good. She looks... Happy. Or like she would be at home. Gaze is putting on some muscle. They almost look... Confident. And it makes me... Proud. And Hyde... Hyde definitely doesn't want to be here. I'm pretty sure she's got things she'd rather be doing, and yet here she is, jumping on couches to throw knives at sentient slime. And I'm here, too. Shone the chest three months ago, and I'm here. I'm stronger. Like, knowing that this is what I was supposed to do has given me strength should be nice to have a feeling of fulfilling a destiny, but all I feel is guilt. Still. Do you remember? Do you remember when I was in the hospital right after everything and I woke up from surgery? I didn't think so. You weren't there. Mom wasn't either. And I, and I don't blame you. Hell, I tried to join you. My body hurt, and my throat was dry, and I felt like I was going to throw up, and I wanted my parents so bad, but I clawed my way out of my little hospital bed in a paper thin gown and dragged an IV pole down the hallway as quietly as I could, and it was only because the night nurse looked up from her mini-TV that anyone even noticed I was trying to get back there. To her. I don't remember the nurse's name. She... she picked me up so gently, and cradled me, and carried me back to bed. She wiped my tears when they started to leak down my face. She tucked me in and turned on the TV so I had some sound, and she sat with me and held my hand until I fell asleep. She told me I had to heal before I could try to help Mia. She said that I had been strong and brave and made it back, and that she was thankful that one less kid was missing. It was my first night in the hospital. I'm realizing how much resent and hurt I've built up. Because I tried to be so good when we got home. When we moved, when you had to admit mom, when mom left. And I hate that I can't be mad about it because one of the worst things that can happen to a parent happened to you and mom. And that's not a pain that ever, ever goes away. I would be the asshole if I was upset that I wasn't enough. I really do think you did your best. It's just. I never got to be the kid that was found. I'll always just be the one that ran away. And no one likes a coward. Haley.
1: It is Thursday, October 1st, at 6.45 p.m. Agents, you again find yourselves in an unnatural situation that is quickly escalating. There are currently two white blobs of flesh, mucus, it's hard to tell, pulling themselves with pseudopods towards the nearest exits. Merritt, you're barring Joe DeWant from the CMC uh, from getting in just as much as you are trying to keep the creature from getting out. Tuck, you've tried to scoop one of them up with your newfound agility, but it just wasn't fast enough. And that one is currently crawling up the fireplace chute. The other is wriggling towards a secondary exit on the fireplace side of the room. Fleeing from Hyde, who dropped a stack of flaming papers onto it. Warp, boomer, the room is quickly beginning to fill with smoke as this thick stack of paper continues to burn. Hyde, you are at the top of the initiative. What are you doing?
3: Good question. Um, hmm. guess. I'm gonna try to boot the other slime. since the other- I assume that slime is in that- that's a fireplace, right?
1: Yes, it is currently still visible, but just beginning to go up the the chute where it will disappear.
3: Do I want to boot the other one into the fireplace too and we try to burn them both? I think I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna boot the other slime in that direction.
1: I think a unarmed combat roll makes sense, but if you think you've got pretty good dex, I'll allow that as well. (laughs)
3: That's a success with an 85.
1: Okay, excellent. So, talk me through what this looks like. You're kind of standing at the top of the couch.
3: I think I'm, yeah, I'm going to jump over the couch and just like a soccer kick, just and just kick it directly into the, I envision the fireplace as a soccer goal.
1: Got it. Tuck is already ducking from it when it had jumped over and you jump down and kick it across and now it makes a sickening splat into the uh, charcoal and leftover burnt wood that is still in the fireplace, uh, which is not on, by the way. Tuck has just run over and attempted to do something and strangely enough, they are now able to move again. Tuck, you have the next highest initiative uh, and you can go again.
0: Yeah, I... So so they're both in the fireplace right now. Yes, yes. I would love to run over to that burning stack of paper, scoop it up in the trash can, and then just shunt it into the fireplace.
1: Okay, I think that's easy enough to do that doesn't even require a roll. You scoop up the paper, be- making sure not to burn your hands and putting it into the the bin, and then rush over and dump it into the fireplace. Immediately, the one that is in the charcoal, you, get, you begin to hear a kind of squealing, popping sound. It's hard to tell whether air is quickly escaping or whether it's actually making some kind of corporeal screaming sound, but it's quite awful to hear. And the fire in such close proximity does seem to be affecting it very quickly. And the one that is kind of trying to struggle up is also beginning, its skin is beginning to kind of ripple at the, uh, the warm smoke that is going up the chute
0: and I turn over my shoulder and shout to, to Boomer, Max, is she breathing?
4: Is she? We'll,
1: we'll find out on your turn. Warp, you are next in the initiative. The paper that has fallen into the fireplace is still burning, but it does look like it's going to take a little bit of effort to, like, really get a fire roaring. Right now, it's still pretty tame.
5: Okay, I'm going to... Does it look like there's any... Mm, there's, a, there's like, a pool table in here.
1: There like, is a pool table. If you're asking if there's anything flammable, there is a small, next to the fireplace, there's a small kind of collection of, of firewood. If you'd like to throw more of that in there, if that's what your intention is.
5: Yeah, I think I do. I want to throw more in there, but I also want to see if there's that little, like, toolkit next to the fireplace. I'll take one of those, something sharp out of those, to make sure that if anything jumps out, we can, like, poke them deeper.
1: So you're looking for a poker? Is that the idea? Yeah. I think that there would be a poker, uh, so you'd like to spend your action or your turn grabbing a couple of pieces of wood and chucking them in and then using the poker kind of as a defensive tool. Yeah. Gotcha. I think you're able to do that without issue. The flames have not yet kind of moved to the firewood, but it's literally a matter of time. You've even buried one of these uh, mucus membrane things under some of this wood, and it is beginning to kind of rile and and try to move out of it. Perfect. Boomer.
4: I am... Checking the kid.
1: Uh, the child appears unconscious, but still breathing. You can feel her heartbeat, you can feel the breath coming in and out of her mouth, but her eyes are closed and she is not responding to any kind of stimulus.
4: She's still breathing, she's still breathing, she's still- I'm gonna shout, I'm gonna hold my action, and the reason is I'm waiting to see if, one, if one of those things are gonna try to jump out at her again. And two, I'm trying to see, like, she's unconscious, okay, she's breathing, but if she starts to, like, I want to keep my eyes to make sure she is not, like, if she stops breathing, I pick up on it really quick and start CPR or
1: something. You could do one or the other. You can either defend yourself, or you can pay attention to the child.
4: Child, it is. Okay,
1: so you kind of just back yourself into a corner, and you're just paying attention to uh, Mia, making sure that she's breathing and she's... Yeah. Merit, it is your turn. You can feel... The pounding of Joe DeWant from the CMC on the other side of the door. He's yelling, what's going on in there? I want to see the kid.
2: Joe, Joe, she's seizing up on this other side. We don't want to introduce any more strangers into the room. She's panicking. Could could you find a a field kit in in the office? Maybe a a
1: medical piece. Uh, We're trying to stabilize her, but I need your help. You can see her, but just give us a few minutes to get her propped up. Would you like to spend your turn trying to persuade him to follow your...
2: Yeah. I, we don't want to lose Joe's attention, but we also don't want to introduce him into this room. Merritt's just trying to control the situation. He trusts the rest of the team to get
1: the fire going. Go ahead and give me that persuasion check to see if he will listen to you. Um, I have a 15 under my persuade of 50. Excellent. He listens to you, stops banging, and he says, oh, I'm going to try to use the phone. I'm going to try to get Douglas. I'll be right back. And, he, and he, you hear him shuffling away from the door.
2: Okay. Yeah, and then the rest of my turn will just be spent in defensive quarter of this door, making sure that they don't run for it.
1: Ruhi is basically at hides, kick, screams out loud. She has seen something she's never seen before in these things, whatever these things are and kind of drops down into a fetal position. She's holding her head, wants to pay attention to the kid, but is a little overwhelmed with what's happening.
0: Super fair.
1: The one that is crawling up the fireplace seems to be in a hurry and quickly disappears up the chute. The one that is in the stack of wood and currently being burned is going to attempt to get out of there. It's going to fail. It is oh. it is covered in too much wood and is almost absorbing the wood. It's kind of like going through the wood and permeating through it and up, and you can see it bubbling to the surface, but the fire is clearly burning it, clearly uh, uh, keeping it from growing towards it, and it's kind of becoming centralized in the areas where there is no fire. Um, and it seems you see these little pseudopods kind of reaching out to it, but it really seems to be affected by the flame and is not as powerful as it could be we're gonna go to the back of back to the top of the initiative with hide
3: um if i am seeing that there is no like it's not like fully gone then i'm gonna just try to put a couple more um more pieces of wood i guess but do we could we tell that the other one made it out of the chute
1: Yes, you I, it it was pretty visible. It's a relatively decently sized fireplace. You could see it climbing up the back like a, you know, like a like a loogie that was hawked on onto the back wall and it has now kind of slipped up into the chute and is no longer visible. God damn, hmm.
0: we should, should we go after it? I don't think we should go outside.
2: There are more people in this place. If it gets to the second floor, if it gets to some of those hikers that are trapped in here, we're going to have the same issue on our hands.
3: Yeah, that's that's my thought. How do I get to the top, is there like a way, access point to get up to the top so I can maybe try to block I don't know if I can do that in, in a complete turn.
1: Actually correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that has not lived in a place that has a fireplace but I believe there is a way to close the fire the, the, the van there is a yeah, flue, you, you can like close it
3: yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about fireplaces <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that yes there is a Um, there's like a a brass lever. There is a way to close the exit from the top of the fireplace but you do know the result of that which is that any smoke or uh, fire that is created will basically linger in this space and will fill up the space with smoke. Okay. I'm gonna close it. You are able to run over and close the flume. You can hear the the metallic twang as it closes up like a floor above you. This fireplace is made of stone, and as far as you know, that thing is probably not going to be able to escape easily while it's up there. Warp, what would you like to do?
5: I want to open the windows if they are the kind of windows that have mesh on them. Like, I don't want to open the windows and give these flubbers a new door, but I do want to open them so we don't all,
1: like, choke. I think you can definitely open the windows. I think most of them might have bars on them, maybe, at worst. These flubbers appear very permeable, and it probably wouldn't be too much of a risk, or, or, or it wouldn't be too difficult for them to slip out, but yeah, maybe getting some fresh air is more important at the moment. Okay, cool.
5: Um, while I'm doing that, I'll yell to Boomer, if you have any alcohol, right in the fireplace.
1: Speaking of, Boomer, it's your turn.
4: I'm gonna be like, uh, I-I don't, but there's gotta be some around here. Can I have a look? Make a luck roll. Ooh, that's a success with a 23!
1: Okay, you pull open the closest drawer to you, and there so happens to be a half-drunken bottle of whiskey.
4: I just chucked that bitch into the fireplace.
1: Make an athletics roll.
4: Ugh, I failed.
1: You don't throw it in hard enough, and it clangs to the floor, sliding and stopping at the hearth. Uh, Tuck, what are you doing?
0: I think Tuck is more worried about the thing getting out than the fire actually starting, and given that the fire is pretty low, Tuck is going to reach up and put the poker up through the through the chimney and try and scrape the side down and pull the the goo back into the flames.
1: Give me an athletics check. Basically, you're going to reach towards the back and up into the flume, and you're going to be within inches of this uh, white bubbling. Thing. So I need a, just to just make sure you are able to keep your distance.
0: Athletics. Ooh. Oh no! Oh no! Serge, <laughs> I, I crit failed with a ninety-nine.
1: Wow! Ooh. Holy shit! Okay. Oh,
0: my God.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna say you'll you'll take a full six damage as you reach in and under you can feel this thing not, not to mention that the flames are within inches of you as well but this what burns more is this white substance which is its little tendrils are able to grab onto your, your shirt and almost immediately begins to burn through it and that hot smoke and that hot vapor is now burning your flesh as well and it cont- and the, the, the white begins to move and now it's touching your skin and you can feel it burning the whole side of you here You've taken more than six damage. I need you to make a constitution times five roll to see if you are stunned by this.
5: I
0: think that's a possibility. But I pass with an 18.
1: Okay, You are not stunned, so you may continue to complete your action which is to try and get this thing down. Are you just kind of randomly throwing the poker inside and up?
0: Yeah, just trying to like scrape all the sides and like, like starting at the top and just like via, like uh, spiraling my way down.
1: This feels like a unarmed combat roll to try and get this thing.
0: 32. That's a success.
1: You hear the, the metal banging on the brick, and then all of a sudden it feels like it sinks into something. And when you pull it down, you feel the suction of the thing stuck to the wall pop off, and it tumbles down the chute. I need one more dexterity check from you. Uh, it could, I, I'm gonna say this is a dodge roll to determine if this thing falls flat on your face.
0: Oh my God. Well, dodge is a solid 95, so as long as I don't roll a fucking 99 again. It's an 82, so I succeed.
1: Everyone sees Tuck roll out from the fire, but whether it's from the, the, the white thing that was still in the fire or the fire itself, you can see smoke coming off from the side of her chest there. What is your current health, Tuck?
4: Three. <laughs>
1: Three. Okay.
2: God.
0: I have nine hit. Fuck
1: points. guys.
0: Episode two. Oh, Episode baby. two! <laughs> Look, it's down. Someone put fucking alcohol on it and burned this thing.
1: You've suffered a great amount of damage. You've effectively been set on fire. I will ask for another sanity check from you. Let's go.
0: Ooh, 48 under my 50, baby.
1: You roll out from the fireplace and you're just kind of covering, you know, you're you're immediately trying to tend to your wounds and that now familiar churn in your stomach kind of happens as you instinctually react to this pain, you know, on a a, uh, very fundamental level, but you're able to kind of focus on the pain and this weird churning inside of you subsides.
0: Light those things on fucking fire!
1: Merritt, it is your turn if you'd like to do something. Yeah, so if Boomer kicked the bottle over to the
2: hearth, then I'm gonna run over there. I'm gonna grab the bottle. I think that Merritt fumbles because he's touched alcohol all of like twice in his life. He spins open that cap and he douses it
1: in every ounce of that liquid. The creatures both in the fire are going to make their final attempts to try and get out of the fire. The one stuck under all of the logs begins to bubble and pop. It almost looks like melted marshmallow with veins as it slowly begins to dissolve as this fire takes over very quickly. Just as quickly, the smoke kind of begins to go up to the top of the fireplace and then up and over the mantle. It's now beginning to boil over. The one that had just fallen landed in the center, was not obstructed by much, and was able to successfully springboard off of the wood, and it is going to leap right at Merritt's face.
4: If that thing alien face suckers you, I am so gonna burn your whole body. I'm just letting
1: you know. It leaps out, projects itself from the fireplace, and kind of lands haphazardly on your neck slash chest. Immediately, you begin to feel this burning sensation. The rest of you see the sizzle rise from his neck. Merritt, you're gonna take two damage from this.
2: Oh, not the neck again.
1: (laughs) Ruhi continues to scream in the corner. Hyde, you're back at the top of the initiative. There's one thing left.
3: Hyde's just gonna react to that and not even think about it and try to just grab the blob off Merritt's neck and just throw it back into the fire.
1: If you want to try to pry it off, let's make some contested strength rolls against it.
3: (laughs) Oh, how strong is it? It's a leechy boy. fuck. Ah. It's a fail with this 93. You grab
1: onto it and immediately you can feel the palms of your hands as if you've stuck your hands in fire. You take two damage. You, You feel like you've got a good grip, but what's weird is that it's so wet and slimy and you just connect. It almost feels like you're just jamming your hands in jello. You can never quite get a good grip on it. And you can see that your fingers are slowly sinking into it as if it's absorbing your hands. Um, I'm going to say that you feel like you cannot pull your hands away from it now. <laughs>
5: no.
2: Shit. God. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck.
1: <laughs> Tuck, you're on the floor. You, you look across the way and you see Ruhi in the corner just kind of rocking.
0: Maybe it's okay. It's okay. Um, I'm going to just start. I, like, rip the buttons off of my shirt so that I just have a tank top on underneath. And I wriggle out of it. I think I'm going to throw it to, to warp. And I'm going to say, cover your hands, get it off them. And I'm going to start crawling toward my wife.
1: I think even crawling, you are able to get to her.
0: Uh, and I'm just going to be close to her.
1: Yeah, she, she acknowledges that, you, that you're that you there, but uh, she reaches her hand out and sees the, the, the sizzling part of your flesh and just kind of retracts her hand, unsure if she can even touch you.
0: It's okay, it's okay.
1: We can deal with this. Boomer, you are very close to this situation. You have moved a lot closer. Oh, I'm out. You're oh, backing I'm up.
4: almost out the door door. I'm not joking. This is getting out of control. Thanks, babe. If that thing even comes an inch towards her, out the door with the kid. I'm just letting Thank you know. You. Uh...
1: So so you are going to position yourself by the door, the exit. Hell yes. Yeah, take her to Joe. Even better, take her to Joe.
4: Why? I just need Merit's permission. I'm already out.
1: Yeah, okay. I'll say that you can get as far as you open the door, and you walk about halfway down the short hallway, and you uh, can see only Joe he is on the telephone, and he appears to be talking to somebody on the phone, and he's just be- beginning to notice you as you're kind of making the corner, uh, rushing with oh, yeah. right, the child. I'm going
4: to be like, did you get that medical assistance? Because I do have, like, a little of that first day training. i like, I just wanted to get her out of there. Let's go ahead and get her, if you have any liquids in the kitchen, infirmary, and grab Joe with me.
1: Yeah, he's pointing enthusiastically on the phone, saying he's got the, uh, the visitor center on the phone. Okay,
4: she's still breathing. Like, I'm going to tell her symptoms to Joe.
1: Warp, you opened the windows last round. What would you like to do now?
5: I have Tuck's shirt in my hands. I want to brick the curtains down and give an extra layer of protection so I can grab this. And if they're sprayed with flame retardant, then that would be helpful.
1: If not, I'm still going to do it. You, you tear off the curtains, wrap the shirt up. Okay, cool.
5: If I can, I want to make a move for the, for the mucus.
1: I think that's easy enough to do. Okay, you're now shoulder to shoulder with Merit at the fire.
5: I think that's
1: it. If I can't rip it off his chest, I can wait. Merit, anyone passing by might Get think off. Hyde is trying to Get choke you. If Get it, it weren't for this huge glob that has stuck it you both together, touch. what do you want to do?
2: Yeah, um, how is… Uh, is the fire so uh, burning that I couldn't pick up, like, a, a piece of the burning log or anything? Is there any clear p- piece of firewood in the fireplace that I could pick up and
1: use almost like a torch? The right amount of time has passed that, yes, there is probably at least one log that you can pull out that is on fire, but not, a, not so much that you can't hold okay, it. Okay, uh, so, like, removing a tick, I'm gonna just grab that torch and bring it as close to my neck as possible just to ward this thing off. I'm gonna ask you to make a melee weapons attack against it, and depending how it goes, I might need to ask you both to make dodge rolls. I fail with a 44 over 30. The fire comes within inches of both of you. I need you both to make dodge rolls or you're gonna get burned.
3: Hyde critically succeeds with an 11. Yes, bitch.
1: I also succeed, thank God. Yeah, what basically happens is Merritt raises the fire to his neck, but you're also both flailing and the fire almost makes contact with your flesh, but one of you just knocks the torch from his hands and it drops to the floor. Hyde, you are able to free yourself from the creature and the thing reacting to the fire detaches and it drops to the ground. It begins to bubble and fizz, similar to the creature in the fire, and it seems as if it's falling apart. Vapor is emitting from it quickly. We're back at the top of the initiative with Hyde.
3: How bad are my hands? Um, are they still are they still getting am I still got goo on them even though I'm separated from them?
1: You have nothing on you, but it does look like your hands are pink as if the top two or three layers of skin oh, have been burned. Oh. Wouldn't necessarily say it's a full two or three degree burn, but it definitely is going to be tender oh. in the morning. But
3: it's something that I can still like I can still like not focus on it and do other stuff.
1: You are completely functional. Okay. With all of that said, it seems like these two things, whatever they were, are no longer moving. The one in the fireplace has almost completely vaporized. The one on the floor is slowly turning into so much sludge. What are we doing in this is moment? that
3: window still open? Hyde, Hyde kind of wants to stick their hands outside. Open the flue. Open the flue.
0: I'm, I'm not open it.
1: <laughs> Tux is just,
0: like, trying to shout orders and also okay. comfort
1: her wife. So Tuck, you're on the floor, just kind of shouting at people. Doesn't really seem like anyone's paying attention to you at the moment. Hi! You run over to the window. You stick your hands out, and you can feel the the, the soft, uh, uh, warm, but better than the inside rain hitting your your palms. And it kind of stings, but also kind of feels good too. Um, there has been an order to close the flue or to open it again. Is anyone doing that? Can you- all right, Warp, so you run over and, and open the flume. mm mm-hmm. There was still a decent amount of smoke in here as the fire is picked up, and most of you are beginning to cough or react to the smoke.
0: I'm going to turn to my wife and look her in the eye. Rue, I need you to listen very carefully. What happened was there was a fire because we were trying to help Mia, and none of us know how to start a fire. So we fucked it up. We're city people. We fucked it up. That's why the worm is full of smoke. That's why three of us are burned. Okay? I need you to know that that's the story people are going to hear, okay?
1: Please make a psychotherapy role, or... Let's see. Well, there's an argument that you could make a persuade role as well. I think, though, this is... you're, You're almost kind of trying to bring her down as well as convince her of something. I do think the the psychotherapy is a little more appropriate. Since I
0: have experience talking people down with my mother, would that give me any advantage here?
1: I mean, the problem is, is you're asking somebody to go with the program, go along with the flow, and they've just witnessed two alien boogers <laughs> run That's around the room. That's they've <laughs> witnessed you catch on fire. It's 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 a lot. I'm you're you're lucky that I'm giving you the base roll and not a minus twenty. No,
0: this. it's super fair.
1: This is their inciting incident, right?
0: Yeah, here. I had to I had to ask for the hell of it. Um <sighs> I rolled a six under ten.
1: Oh. <gasps> Oh my god.
4: <laughs>
1: wow.
4: Holy shit!
0: My wife is my best friend and she has been since here in high school. I know how to do this. All your bad rolls were
4: saved for what that one.
1: Seriously, oh when god. it truly matters, Allegra can finally <laughs> let, let us roll.
2: continue traumatizing our spouses. Yes!
1: Yes, baby! In the meantime, while Tuck is talking to Ruhi, what are the four other people in this room doing? If
3: someone else, I'm just gonna keep Holding my hands outside until I feel comfortable.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna rush and try and perform first aid on Hyde as to the best of my ability. Okay, do you have a first aid kit with well, you? Boomer has one. I could go get Boomer. Yeah, actually, I, I'm gonna go get Boomer and see if I can be with Joe and
1: and Mia. On the outside, I'll get to you, Tuck, in a second. On the outside. Boomer, you've run over to Joe, who's been talking on the phone. He's explained the situation, and he hangs up and he turns to you and says, they can't drive anybody in here. They're monitoring the storm. It's too dangerous to drive a vehicle in or out of this right now. I- is she conscious? And he starts asking questions about the girl.
4: She's, she, she, she's good. She's conscious. It's just a <clears throat> extreme reaction. It's, I... I mean, come on. We just... Like, I... Let's be for real. We Like, we are good, but... I, if something else happens in another bop, two hours, you know what I mean? That's, like, I'm not a professional, neither are you, so it's like, I would love a doctor to take a look at her.
1: In our best cases, we're gonna have to get her out of here. As you're having this conversation with him, you hear some commotion from upstairs, and running down is Tomika, Tomika Gallegos, the woman that found Mia and she runs down the stairs. She's between you and the other room. She sees you conversing with Joe, but she looks the other way and she sees that there is smoke visibly exiting the room and she runs towards the kitchen to grab a fire extinguisher. She calls it out. Wow. Tug, is there anything you want to do, Boomer?
4: Uh, I I, I mean, what can I do? (laughs) It's like, I, I, I I think I'd be more stunned and I'd be like, oh, damn. I think that'd be, that's, sorry. That's kind of like a signal, you, I
1: guess. Sure, you call it out, right? Like, you're, you're letting everyone know.
4: Oh, damn, that, is there a fire? Like, shouting, like, <laughs> is there a fire up there? <laughs> like, trying to see if they can hear
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe turns and to, to look out the window, and he's like, I, I think I have my car is parked nearby, and he's looking out the window. Tuck, Ruhi is listening to you and has this kind of tunnel vision in her eyes this thousand yard stare in her eyes and her eyes finally lock onto yours and her breathing starts to slow okay. and she says we gotta go we, we, we just have to get the hell out of here don't we yes this is crazy we've got to go we have to go you're right oh my god but you're hurt look look, look at your side look, look, oh my look, god
0: it's fine we're okay a storm like this can we drive through it
1: I, 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 I don't think so. This feels like hurricane force winds. I, 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 okay. I... Tomika runs into the room carrying a fire extinguisher.
0: I immediately start talking. I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is my fault. I tried to start a fire. I thought it would be comforting for her, and she freaked out because it was too bright. It's my bad. I, it's all my fault. We we don't have fireplaces. And Tuck's just, like, talking and trying to, like, make it seem brutal.
1: Tuck is on the ground rambling, Merit, Warp, and Hide, you see Tamika run in through the secondary room, and she's ready, she's trying to break through you guys to get to the fireplace. There's no
3: need for that,
5: everything's under control now.
1: What, what, what What's with the smoke? Why is there so much smoke in here?
3: I don't know about flumes, and I didn't open the
2: flume, and...
1: There's remains of those things in the fireplace, yes? If you look closely, yes. It looks like a giant marshmallow has melted in the middle of it.
2: Ma'am, please, we can explain right after. But uh, my friend, she's hurt. She might be going into shock. I
1: need your help immediately. I I show her my hands. Tomika can see, hides, pink palms, and she says, Oh, oh my god, I'll, I'll get the first aid. One second. And she runs out of the room. Everyone, we need to get rid of the
2: bodies.
5: Well, I think the fire will take care of that. Not fast enough.
2: We need to make sure that there's nothing left over. If she e- sees even a scrapped, we are doomed.
5: Warp curtains? Yeah, I'm going to scoop up the melted marshmallow. And if uh, if Mia came with like you know when they they put like evidence holding in a plastic bag something like something to put it in.
1: Yeah. So Mia received a small kind of go bag from Joe. So there's like a little plastic bag that you can absolutely use.
5: I use that, and I put her stuff in my bag.
1: That's fine. Just give me a a dexterity or dodge roll.
5: Dex or dodge. Dex it is. That's a success with a 30 under
1: 70. You are able to scoop up enough of this. Now, something that stands out to you is that as you scoop it up, it's already shrunken in mass by about half. So the little that you do scoop up, scoop up, you're able to kind of wrap up and then shove into this plastic bag and then you put it into your own backpack, correct?
5: Yes, in the plastic bag in my bag,
1: yes. You're able to successfully do that. Boomer, do you stay in the hallway with Joe?
4: Absolutely, I'm not going in there. Okay
1: as the craziness of the situation finally begins to die down, there's a moment where you think you've been able to successfully hide everything, and then the power (laughs) goes out.
4: Fuck. Of course it does. Of course it does.
1: The familiar hum that, that that electric hum that is always audible when you're in the city disappears, and all that's left is the pounding of the rain outside. It is pitch black, except for the occasional streak uh, of lightning. I turn
2: to where I assume Haley is in the room and call out to everyone. We need to get to Mia. Stay on Mia.
3: Yes. Everyone get to her. Uh, and bathroom. I'm going to
2: move out into the hallway and, and try and find
1: Joe and Mia and Boomer.
3: I'm going to go close the window. Thank you.
1: Tuck, you've taken a lot of damage in this round, and I think you are struggling to get up, I think Ruhi can help you up the rest of you start exiting the door, and it is totally dark as you make it to the door you hear the people upstairs all of the campers, they scream as the lights go out there's a, qu- there's a quiet as they die down and then outside you hear the shrillest death scream you've ever heard It sounds like it's somewhere outside. Does anyone have an alertness above 60? 70. 80. Ooh, hot. Those of you with that high of an alertness can tell that there is a sound coming from the, we'll call it the northwest side of the campgrounds. Do you do anything in this moment?
3: I immediately draw my gun (laughs) and point it in that direction and maybe start moving towards that direction.
2: Listen, we may need to split up. We need to take Mia upstairs with the rest of the innocents and keep a group with them. And another group needs to investigate whatever that was and get the electricity going
1: again if we can.
0: Hi, do you have eyes on it?
1: You are all exiting the threshold of the door and you can hear Douglas Keena, the senior park ranger, coming downstairs. With a younger park ranger, a young looking white male. The two of them are putting on their rain jackets and they say, All right, everyone stay calm. We're going to go turn the generator on. Just stay inside. Everything will be fine. And they are moving towards the exit. You
5: should go too. Oh, fuck. I'll go.
1: At least two of us. I'll
2: go. Warp,
1: your junior security.
2: Can you join Hyde? Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Doug, the senior park ranger, has a problem with this. As they come to the door, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! No, folks, you need to stay inside. It's dangerous out there. We're just going to turn the generator on. We'll be right back."
3: Look, I'm, I'm, I'm in the military. I, I'm a warrant officer. I can absolutely be of assistance in this moment. Please let me help you.
1: He looks at Warp and you.
3: Oh,
5: I'm. I work for the government, and she shows her actual <laughs> government ID. That does it does say a government, like it's counterterrorism, but it's I don't know how relevant it is.
1: With it, with a plus twenty, you may make a persuade roll. Hide.
3: <sighs> Thank God, with the plus twenty, it gives me thirty five
1: yes. out of forty.
3: Right on
4: the-
1: yeah. Just stay out of our way, says Kena. Yes, sir. Okay. He and his, uh, younger ranger, who he, who he calls, uh, Charles, they lead the way out the door. Do you go with them?
3: I do. But I look at warp, and I say, you stay right fucking behind me. And if I tell you to run, you run. You understand? Yeah. Cool. And I go out, but I have my gun drawn. But down, but alert.
1: The two of you run out into the storm. It is heavy downpour. It is windy. It is loud. The trees are shaking. You look up and it is just black cloud as far as you can see. This is one of the most intense storms you think you've ever been in. Hide, maybe because you are from Hawaii, you've experienced a, a, a hurricane of this magnitude, but it is intense right now. They lead you uh, towards the, we'll call it the east side of the building as you begin wrapping around to where the generator should be.
3: I'm trying to follow, but I'm also keeping, I'm just checking my constant, my six around, just constantly staying as alert as I possibly can
1: in this torrential rain. We'll come back to you guys in one second. Tuck, Ruki, you are coming out the door as is coming around the other side with the first aid kit. She sees that Tuck is also hurt.
0: Uh, Fine, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Alright, I'm going to need you to sit down for a second, and she brings you over to one of the desks.
0: Am I in sight of Mia?
1: You are close to Mia, yes. Uh, Boomer remains, you know, kind of in the threshold of the hallway, close to the front door, holding Mia. She's with, you know, five, ten feet of you. Is she okay? Is
4: she still breathing? Oh yeah, she's out like a light.
1: They're going to make a first aid roll to see if they can help you. She begins bandaging you, at first cleaning the wound, but, I mean, it's like you've you've got, like, a pretty serious burn on the side. It looks like a chemical burn of some kind. She doesn't feel like she really has what is necessary to really help you, and as she's beginning to bandage you, something else complicates the situation. Joe has been at the window, kind of looking outside, and Boomer, you kind of glance over to him, and you notice he's stopped really moving. He's just kind of still. And all of a sudden, he turns... And his eyes lock on you? No. They lock on the child. And like a bat out of hell, not expecting an old man to move like this, he begins rushing towards you. I need you to make a strength, a pose strength check. See if he can't rip Mia out of your arms.
4: Ooh, okay. Let's go, Boomer. Come on, Boom. Internal mom. 18. Mm.
1: Excellent, he did not roll well at all. All of you in the room, you see him with this glazed look over his eyes, rush over to Mia, grab her arm and begin yanking on her. But Boomer, this is an older gentleman and unfortunately he just doesn't have the strength to tear her from you, but you're now entangled with this man.
4: May I hit just all I need to do, hit the side of his knee just so he can buckle one. That's all I need to do.
1: If you'd like to make an unarmed combat attack against him, you can attempt that.
4: Okay. Darn, I got a 93.
1: <clears throat> you're trying to kick him and you're trying to sweep his leg but he's relatively sturdy up on his feet and he's still moving.
4: Okay, so we're at least in a struggle.
1: Tuck, you are at the highest of the initiative of the people in this room right now. You see this old man starting to struggle with Mia trying to pull her towards the exit. What do you I'm do?
0: I'm I'm going. I'm after him.
1: Do so you push past Tamika yeah, I who's trying to heal you? Yeah, totally
0: bat her away and just like, not even thinking, just loop my arm around his neck and put him in a choke.
1: This feels like an unarmed combat strike then. You're trying to get him off. 73, that's success. You are able to pry him off and you both stumble to the floor. He falls on his butt kind of against you and you're holding him. (sighs) The rest of you, including Boomer and Merritt, you see this glazed look in his eyes kind of disappear. And all of a sudden, he's present and conscious, and he looks down at this woman's arm that is choking him. And he's like, What the hell? What are you doing? Get off of me! What are you doing? Don't hurt her! Sit the
4: fuck down, you motherfucker! Shh! Don't move! Get on him!
1: Let's go outside. Let's hide warp, you follow Douglas and Charles around to the far side of the, the cabin to the ranger station. You're standing there in the pouring rain as Douglas is very kind of nonchalantly showing Charles how to get the generator started. He's pointing it out, he's checking the fuel, making sure everything's good, maybe going a little slower than he should, if he knew what you knew. Can you
5: speed this up a little bit? Yeah, how's this generator going?
1: This is a junior ranger that I am showing how to do this. This is something that needs to happen, so please, folks, stand by. I don't know why you're even out here.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: hmm Hyde, you're the one who's paying attention. You, I believe you said you were making an, uh, an alertness check, right?
3: Uh, I can make an alertness check, yes.
1: Yeah, go, go ahead. Warp, why don't you do it, too, since you, you're probably doing the same thing.
3: That's a success with for a 47. That's a failure
5: with a 77.
1: Hyde, you are the first to notice this. Stepping from the south, the southern tree line, you can see that by that tree line, there's a small shed with about six four-wheelers and a jeep. And this shadow emerges from the forest, and it takes you a moment to focus and realize what's happening, but some kind of man, a very, very tall man, maybe 12, 13 feet in height, emerges from the trees. And you realize it was was probably there the whole time, but you just thought it was another tree. And there is no light, but you can see this enormous silhouette. And it begins pummeling the vehicles that it is nearby. And as it begins smashing one of them, sparks begin to fly. When the sparks ignite in the air for just a, the briefest of seconds, you can see their face and their skin. This is some kind of man, but but it, their flesh is like this gray, yellow tone. They are completely soaked and they they are dressed, they're completely nude except for a, a loincloth, but they are covered in, in elaborate piercings and and studs and jewelry. There is large hoops of jewelry hanging from their neck. Their nose is studded in some kind of strange metal. Their eyebrows, the forehead, and you swear for that moment of of light coming from the machine that it is destroying that you think you see an elongated head as if it's human, but the skull is somehow several inches longer than it should be. It's a lot to take in. You're the first to see it, give me a sanity check. Hello,
0: welcome to my drama. That's a fail with
3: a 54.
1: Roll a d4.
4: Sergio, <laughs> what the fuck? I mm.
3: don't oh, know, I hate it. I don't like this thing. No, not, I never do. <laughs> oh,
1: fuck. It's three. Make a good one next one, sir. Make it nice. So. Would you like to project that sanity, or are you going to eat it?
3: Ah, no, I'll project it onto Micah again. We're just going to, you know, just more relationships.
1: Roll a d4. That's two. Okay, so you're only going to lose one sanity, but remove two from your willpower and your bond with Micah.
3: That willpower is draining.
1: This thing is making a lot of noise. Warp, you're also going to see this, as well as Douglas and Christopher. So Warp, go ahead and make a sanity check, please. i
5: got those. No danger here. Who's worried not... Oh, yes! That's a success! It was a 32.
1: You will not lose any sanity. How are you able to delude yourself in this moment?
5: I fully see this large, large man smashing these cars, and it is late, and I have not clearly had enough water
3: to drink. In the rain.
5: Yeah, standing in the rain, clearly dehydrated. I'm dehydrated.
1: You both are staring at this man, this person, this stranger, as they are pummeling one of these things, and their fists are like a small boulder, easy enough able to smash it. They look at you because Christopher, the younger, begins screaming his head off at the sight of this thing, and it slowly begins to stand, and at its full height, it's probably close to 15 feet tall, and it begins moving towards you.
3: Warp back to the cabin now.
1: We will say that Hyde, you have the first of the initiative if you want to do something in this moment.
3: I'm grabbing Warp, and I'm sorry, fuck those rangers. I'm grabbing Warp, and I'm running straight to the cabin. But still holding my gun, just in case I need to defend myself. But the action is to grab Warp and get us back to some type of fortified safety. Warp,
1: do you resist in any way? Ah, no, no. If you're not resisting, then I will say you can at least get to the the front porch of the the station. Okay. Okay. I assume you're keeping your eye on this very tall stranger. Yes.
3: I'm not- I'm- I'm not- I'm trying to put Warp behind me as much as possible, but I'm not leaving, uh, I'm not losing sight of wherever this creature is.
1: You're watching it as you go up the steps, and you see Charles running, and you can see that Douglas, the older gentleman, is kind of standing there in shock, just kind of taking it in. And he goes to the generator to try to turn it back on. And he starts pulling on it. This stranger kind of brushes his hand and there is this broken limb that vibrates and then flies towards Douglas. Why is he so you just see Douglas get hit by this branch and then fly off in the opposite direction, screaming.
3: I'm not gonna think about that. Mm, nope.
1: I think I think you do need to make a sanity check for witnessing that, though.
3: Uh, even if I close my eyes and pretend.
1: If you would, if you, if you think you would close your eyes, then yes, you can. No,
3: I wouldn't. Um, I'm very alert, but I failed the sanity with a 68.
1: Okay, you'll just lose one sanity, as it's not entirely clear if he's dead, but he certainly took. A hit from a floating projectile that this thing seemed to have some kind of control over
0: <laughs>
1: back inside everyone is yelling and screaming merit make an alertness check for me real quick uh, I succeed with a 36 you're able to see that Joe is reaching for a small handgun that is at his ankle. Uh, so you see, you're see, you the first to see this as everyone is kind of yelling and tussling. Rather than grabbing at my own pistol, I'd like to try and beat
2: him to his and just hold him at the ankle, not even take the thing out of it, just hold him there
1: where he was grabbing. I, I don't even think it's a question. You can run over and do exactly that. You put your hand on his ankle, you can feel the the, the stub nose pistol, and he looks at you like, How did you catch me doing that? I need you to look at me, Joe. You had
2: a fugue state. You were standing at the window, you saw something, you blanked out and you attacked Mia.
1: Do you remember any of that? I I remember being at the window, uh, then I ended up here on the floor. I I thought one of you pushed me.
2: No, no, we wouldn't do that to you. There's something going on here. Did you see something? Do you remember seeing something at the window? I I remember
1: a, a shape. Yes, I saw something out there. Yeah, yeah. Describe it to me. Uh, a person, I, I think it was a person. And then they, it felt like they whispered something in my head and uh, I don't know, I just, I just needed to grab the girl. I just knew that I needed to get her out of here. Joe, we are in a lot of
2: danger. Uh, and there are a lot of things happening to you right now that I, uh, I, I don't think any of us can explain, but we need to keep Mia safe. And we need to keep everyone in this building safe. Uh, and that means getting the electricity going again and making sure that we're up there with them. Do you think you can stay with me? Do you think you can avoid those windows and just try and focus on what's going
1: on here? Look, uh, that was a a one-time thing. Sure, I'll I'll stay away from the windows, but I I know what I'm doing. I I should have my pistol out. No, 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 you
4: should not.
3: I don't think so. Mm -mm.
1: Respectfully, Joe, you just attacked a child,
2: and after what you saw, you don't have any authority either. There's something going on here. And if you come between us, and Mia, or any of the lives at stake here, I can't let you win.
1: He looks at you, and Tuck, and Boomer, and, you know, he's old, but he's not dumb, and he starts, he just sort of says, who are you people? And before you can even answer him, Hyde and Warp and Christopher come rushing in through the front door, all of them soaking wet. Christopher is screaming nonsense about, there, there, there's a giant man outside, there, there's somebody out there, he, he, he killed Douglas, oh my god. Tamika is sort of sitting up, what's happened to Douglas?
3: Douglas is gone. I don't say anything, is there anything in this patio area that I can like push in front of that door? I want to block the door right now.
1: I think absolutely there are desks and chairs and things like that. The problem is, is between you and the desks are about six people who are... It looks like they were just in a tussle the whole... Way is kind of blocked if you if that's what you want to start doing.
3: I'm pushing through them. I don't give a fuck. I saw things. I don't care. I want some security bef- in front of this door before it realizes it can open doors.
1: Does anyone stop Hyde from doing this as they <laughs> frantically begin, like literally tearing computers from the wall as they begin dragging? No, I trust towards Hyde. If Hyde's doing it, there's a reason. Okay, so everyone basically kind of backs up and allows Hyde to do it. Does anyone help Hyde?
5: I can help. Too, yeah.
1: You definitely feel like Hyde, you have been able to successfully brace one of the larger desks against the door. There are two doors. There's the, the, the swing door that usually remains open uh, that just has kind of a mesh, and then there's like a proper wooden door and you've put it in front of that. <laughs> Once all of that dragging and that screeching of wood stops, again, you're just left with the sound of the rain, and then more crunching and smashing sounds. It sounds like vehicles are being crunched. You hear a car alarm go off and then quickly gets smashed and it dies out. Are they trying to lock us in here? I think we're trapped. Listen, we
2: have to station up on that second floor. We can't take our chances out there. That's that's where they know what we're doing. If anything, we need to get the electricity back on and we need to protect the people that are up there on that second floor as much as us. We need to station, barricade, and prepare. For all we know, there's no
5: way for us to defend ourselves. It might be our best bet to just go and make a break for it.
2: Joe saw uh, said he saw something, a figure, tall, silhouetted out there. Is that what you saw? Yep. It's those fucking things from the article. It has to be. It, it, it's what Mia described. We need to be ready. They're coming back for her. She's the focal point. You didn't see what it can do. We're sitting ducks. We, we take our chances with the car. We're not only abandoning everyone here, but we're driving directly into their territory.
3: They, they can control people, clearly. They did it to Joe just now. I wouldn't run into the woods in the rain like this. Then in our cars. Assuming we have cars at all. By the sound of it, they're trashed. Can I look at our cars?
1: If you do a quick glance out, you can see, let's say about 300 feet away, you can see the car, the the parking lot, and there are still your vehicles along with other people's vehicles parked there.
2: Maybe a team could stay here with the innocents and... Another team could take Mia in the car.
0: They don't want the innocence, they want Mia.
2: But these people, we have to keep them safe. What about her? What do you mean, what about her? I am doing everything in my power to make sure she's okay, but she's not the only one at stake here. So
4: everyone for themselves, tell them to run, and I mean, if you got 50 people running, that's there you go, there's your distraction.
5: We're not supposed to be here anyways if you I'm sorry, but no one is actively on duty, and they know as much as we do about those things out there. We all have equal chances of survival, let's just try everyone try.
2: Throw everyone in different vehicles and go? If if we all work together, I think there's a situation that all of us end up surviving if we play this smart. But if we're going straight to letting everyone fend for themselves, then we're no better than the people we just spent a year fighting in Michigan.
3: Situational awareness says that we we have to either move or we bunker down. If this place is not safe enough for us to bunker down, then we need to move. Okay, well, what supplies do we have here? We don't know. We we have no idea what resources we have. We are very adequately unarmed for whatever that thing is outside. I watched him sweep a man away. I am telling you right now, we need to figure out how to get out of here. Hyde,
2: do you even feel comfortable driving in a storm like this? I have driven in terrible weather like this.
3: I can make it work as much as possible.
1: In this moment. Mia wakes up. She is crying in your arms, Boomer. Hey, what's up?
4: What's up? You feeling okay, kiddo? What's going on? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, these assholes, uh, these jerks right here talking loudly, right? They suck. They can't come over the plant. Let's go over this side.
2: Merit. Yeah, I'm listening, Hyde. Yeah. We can't fight it, and we
3: can't beat it, and if it's going to get in here, it's going to get in here.
2: What do you want to do? I'm with you, Hyde. We need to get to the
3: van, and we need to leave.
2: What do we do about the people?
3: We hope that Mia is the thing that's drawing it, and it, that's enough. As far as we know, the people. As far as we know, only one or two people are aware of what's what was out there. That is as close as we're going to get it. If we can get out of here, we can tell the program. We can tell somebody who can help these people. We cannot help these people. If we die out here, we can't help nobody.
1: Boomer Mia is crying and when she sees where Tuck is, she is reaching out here, for Tuck with open Let arms. Go. Bring her here,
3: bring her here, bring her. here.
4: easily talk kid over.
1: Without any regard for your burnt side tug, okay. she dug she digs herself okay. into you and is just kind of softly crying. It's okay. We're okay. In that way that children who don't quite understand what's happening cry. No, it's
3: really scary, huh? There's a lot of stuff going on loud, huh? Okay, I don't want to make the decision, but we have to make it. Okay. Are you armed?
2: I I have the
1: rifle in the truck too.
3: And as far as I know, nobody else from the cabin or everybody's upstairs, right?
1: Uh, uh, other than Joe, who has been downstairs quietly, and Ruhi, everyone else is upstairs. So
3: Joe has heard this entire conversation.
1: Absolutely, yes. He has been quietly, kind of sitting in the corner, not trying to make any sudden moves to upset you all.
3: Take Joe with us.
2: Okay, I'm okay with that. (laughs)
3: Us and Joe, us and Joe. I look at Joe. You ready?
2: Why are you taking me? Because you heard everything, and uh, the alternative is not something you'd like to hear, or I'd like to
1: deliver. What are you people? CIA, FBI? Both of those those. work.
3: You know what, Joe? Maybe if we get out of this, we might talk about it. Do you want to come with us, or do you want to stay here? Do you want to go, or do you want to stay here?
1: I want to make sure that girl's okay, so yes, I will go with you.
3: Then stay on her ass, and shut the fuck up.
1: He's gonna stand up, and he's gonna pull out his- his small snub-nosed if you pistol. you want,
4: I can definitely tell you everything afterwards. Warp knows I'm really good at explaining things like this.
5: Yes. Boom.
0: You used a gun before? Yes, of course. You have? Okay. Here, and I give her mine. And I- hoist Mia up and I turn to Roo, and I say oh I really wish you hadn't been so stubborn about coming with me I really don't want everyone I love in one place but we're here and that's what's happening and I need you just to run to the car I need you to hold Mia cause I can't do it and I need you to run to the car got it? don't look up don't listen to anything. Look at me, or look at her,
1: or look at the car. Nothing else. Okay? Please. I, 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 I'm just supposed to run out there with, with giant people out there? I'm sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I just need you to get to the car with her. Okay, all right, I got it. I got this. No matter this. what I you hear, this. you
0: get to the car and you
1: go. Okay. Well, j- just stay close. Just try to stay close then. I'll be close,
3: baby. I'll be close.
1: So what is the game plan?
3: We are going to try to exit and I'm going to try to keep like ahead of in front of whatever that thing is so that everybody can make it towards the vehicle and then then make my way.
1: So give me a marching order then. Sounds like Hyde is first. Uh, I'll, I'll go second. I'll stay up with Hyde.
3: I'll take a flank
4: around Mia and uh, Ruhi. Yeah, I'll go behind Tuck. Ideally, I like to be... A little bit ahead of Tuck, because I had the car keys to the SUV, so hopefully that's one of the vehicles that's good, because I'm gonna go for the driver's seat.
0: Wait, boom. I lied. Give me my
3: gun back.
4: Okay. All right.
0: I'm sorry. Right. I'll give her, like, my pocket knife. I
3: will take it. Does it work. Whatever you see out there, keep it to yourself. and And keep moving until you get to the car. John Hyde's making sure every of our research team, everybody is going to go first, but I'm going to be the first one out to at least establish where this thing is so that everybody keeps moving.
4: And I'd like, as Sergio, I actually would like to only keep focused straight ahead, like, even to disregard shit behind me. Like, my main focus is to get in there and only kind of, so I don't look at this thing out in the woods. My goal is just, like, only at the car.
1: You're going to try to put on some blinders, and whatever's happening around you, you're going to ignore it.
4: I'm focused, yeah, laser focused.
1: Everyone has made the decision to get out of here quickly, to buy yourself as much time as possible. You are pulling your weapons, getting ready in whatever fashion you think you need to, putting on rain slicks, etc. There is just this moment of peace as you're all getting ready, and Mia, who is conscious, being carried by Ruhi, is kind of fixated on you, Haley and quietly says to you, whispers to you, Haley, can we be sisters again? Of course we can. We've always been sisters. So you'll protect me and I'll protect you.
0: You don't have to protect me. I'm the big sister. I protect you. And I'm sorry I didn't do a good job of that last time, but I'll do better this time.
1: It's now or never. Hi, you've got your hand on the door. What are you doing?
3: I open the door as quiet as possible. I slowly step out first to establish wherever this thing is, and I'm like, have a hand out to hold, and as soon as I think everything is clear, then I'm gonna tell everybody to move forward.
1: Hide. you begin to open the door. Give me a stealth check.
3: That is a success with a 39.
1: The door opens and the sound of the constant downpour of rain is almost deafening. The, the, the sound of these vehicles being destroyed on the east side of the ranger station has ended. You come out, you're sweeping around. You, you only have, you know, maybe a 85-degree view of the area because of the way the ranger station is built, but you get up to the corner of the wall, right where the water is dripping, coming down, and you poke your head around the corner where you last saw This tall man, about a hundred feet away from you, is this five meter tall man who has completed the rampage. Most of the forerunners destroyed. The jeep absolutely crunched into the center. They are now standing, facing your direction. And although you believe that he is not aware of you, he is looking in the direction of where you will be walking. Fuck. Fuck.
3: How far are we from the car?
1: I would say, mechanically, you're about a solid two rounds to get to the car, and then it's going to take about a round to get everyone into the car.
2: Damn.
1: um… Agent Tuck, in this quiet moment, you're sitting there waiting for the signal. You can barely see high, because you're kind of more in the middle of this conga line of people, and inside you are… there's a part of you that's like, you can do this. Not only can you do this, you are the one that can keep these things at bay. Nothing is going to stop you or your sister from getting out of here. I
0: think as that feeling bubbles, I'm gonna lean forward, kiss Mia's head, and say, Stay with Rue. I'm gonna keep you safe. And I'm gonna kiss Rue on the side of the head. And I'm going to, as quietly as I can, break from the group, go to one of the windows, and just try and get an eyeline on the thing.
1: Please give me a stealth check. Success, 29 out of 55. Everyone is so focused on, on what's happening, no one is expecting you to do this. You take just a step back and another step back. You're able to get to the window and you're able to jump out if that's what you're choosing to do.
0: As I walk, I'm taking the sweatshirt of Mia's that I had that I brought out of the bag and I'm stuffing the bag into the sweatshirt so it looks like it's full of something so that it looks like I'm carrying her.
1: Yeah, go ahead and make a disguise roll, please. There's no way.
0: No, I got a 95 on it.
1: I I think the best you can do is probably, like, stuff a pillow into the sweater, but, you know, there's no head or legs or arms or anything. Mostly
0: just trying to make something that looks weightier than it
1: is. You want to jump out the window all in this action, too? You open the window, which is basically just kind of a wooden flap, and jump down leap outside and land in the mud and as you stand up you look and less than 25 feet, 30 feet from you within running distance is a figure that you have seen from your past return and you've made enough noise that it glances in your direction. I think this warrants another sanity check now that you have seen this thing up close again after 23 years. Uh, That's a failure with
0: a 61.
1: What's going through Tuck's head in this moment? Is it just the megalomania? I think it's a
0: little bit of that, and I think it's a little bit of Tuck realizing that Mia had to see this thing for years and years and years and years and years. And she was scared all the time for years and years and years and years.
1: So, it's our turn. It's your turn to be tough. Yeah. Roll a d10. <sighs> Fuck. Five. Roll a d4 for seeing this thing again. Two. You're gonna lose two sanity, unless you want to project I've it. i already fucked up my therapist, might as well.
0: And I kill another bond. So I'm okay. down to eight willpower, and my bond with my therapist
1: is gone. That five that you rolled, please add it to your constitution score permanently. Okay. Constitution increases it's to what? It's back up
0: to what it was, it's back up to thirteen.
1: Which gives you, we'll round up twelve okay. health. Okay,
0: this is my question, because I had three health. Do I go up to six
4: health now?
1: Yes, I think that's what you'll do. You go up to six. What also happens is I'm going to allow you to mechanically choose would you rather heal rapidly or gain armor?
0: Gain armor? That's sick as fuck.
1: Tuck, you leap out and you stand up and you see this 15 foot tall entity that once took you and your sister in the night that has haunted you your entire life. It's looking in your direction with no care, as if it's only noticing another ant. And that is when you are filled with rage. You are ready. To complete what you set out to do at the beginning when you found out that Maya was here. You are fulminating, and you feel your flesh begin to crawl in a way you've never experienced before, and you look down at your arms where you're holding this, you know, fake doll of Mia, and the forearms begin to bubble, and before you know it, this thick kind of blue carapace begins to emerge out of your flesh and you can feel your shoulders and your shoulder blades suddenly becoming thicker, harder, stronger. Until I tell you otherwise, you now have an armor rating of three. That means any damage that comes to you, you may reduce three of it. But there is this now visible blue shimmering exoskeleton in many portions of your body. Agent Hyde, unless you had something to say, you notice the the entity's attention, the stranger's attention go towards the east side of the building and it is no longer staring in your direction. What do you do?
3: <laughs> I just make the sign to, to go.
1: You give the signal. Um.
3: Yeah, and then I'm going to step out, hold the gun, and get people to start heading towards the car.
1: So you're going to wait in place until you know everyone has exited the building and is making Absolutely. their way.
3: Absolutely, I will be the last one out.
1: Does anyone resist that? Is everyone just rushing towards the cars? Okay, all of you, one at a time, begin briskly walking towards the cars. Joe following. As you step out, you can see anyone who is paying attention can see an enormous person. Boomer, your eyes are straight focused, but still, it's as if there's a tree suddenly where one shouldn't be. I will ask anyone that did not prepare to specifically not look around need to make a sanity check. That's Merit and Joe. I have a pass. Joe unfortunately failed and he is going to roll a d4. Well, at
4: least Joe knows now. I guess. Joe, don't scream, Joe. Joe, don't scream, Joe.
1: Don't make, don't make me do it, Joe. Don't make me do it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what happens is that you know Joe steps out and is walking for a moment. Joe is right next mm-hmm. to Warp and he just looks at the obvious thing less than 50 feet away from you and just says, Mother of God! And he kind of stands still, staring at it.
5: I don't do a goddamn thing.
1: Fuck Does anyone Joe. else notice this? Do I hear this? If you're paying attention, as I think you mentioned you were to the group, you do hear Joe kind of yeah. muttering out loud. If I look loud, back and see that he's frozen, I'm going to grab him by the collar and bring him along with me. As you are heading towards the car, this is the second round. Let's go to the top of the initiative now. So hide. You're now at the back of the line. Everyone has moved out of the building. Are you now just following? Fuck, where is Tuck,
3: where's <laughs> Tuck?
1: Yeah, you you did not see Tuck come out. I did
3: see Tuck keep going. Keep going. I'm not there, but keep going. I'm gonna i I'm gonna start slowly moving out, but I'm still trying I'm trying to sh- I want to move, but I want to also try to wait for Tuck at the same time, I don't know if that's possible. Maybe if I can go halfway of movement, but I'm trying to...
1: You're trying to stay with the group, but you're still, you're a little slower because you're waiting I'm for I'm
3: trying, Tuck. yeah, I'm trying to hopefully see Tuck is going to exit, but I'm still trying to move with the group as possible
1: to be at least their flank. Got it. Tuck, you are next in the initiative. This thing is looking at you. It does seem like it's acknowledging you, but it isn't necessarily concerned with you, and you get the feeling that in a moment, it's about to turn around.
0: I lean down to the, the sweater-clad lump in my arms, and I say loudly, Hang on, baby girl, and then I shoot it.
1: You'll just pull out your gun and fire at I, it.
0: I have my gun, I fire, and then as, as soon as I see that it's been hit, or it's been shot at, I'm gonna start backing away, not yelling, but, like, keeping eye contact with it, like, come on.
1: Gotcha. Go ahead and make your attack roll.
0: I I don't think I can technically fail.
1: So basically the only way you can fail is if you roll a critical failure. So that's why you'll roll. Okay. I don't. (laughs) You're able to hit it. Make that uh, damage attack. I think it's a D10. I think
0: it's only got, like, four hit points. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna use baby sister dice... Uh, six.
1: You fire at this thing, and it's like hitting the broadside of a barn. You just can't miss. It throws its hands up as it feels these little bee stings hitting its chest, and you are walking backwards. Um, give me a quick alertness check. Uh,
0: 63 under 70.
1: You finish firing, and you can immediately tell that there is another one, another. Five-meter-tall person advancing on you, emerging from the forest, directly behind you, so from the north. I'm
0: behind you. Cool.
5: Okay. Okay.
1: Warp, you're just moving, I assume. I am
5: just moving. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I can do, so yeah, I'm moving
1: quick. Okay. Boomer, um, you're doing oh, the same. Oh, yeah. Mary, you've got Joe by the collar, the two of you are moving even though we can't help you. There's two cars here, right? There's Mia's car, I'm sorry,
2: there's Rue's car, and there's the, the car here?
1: Yes, there's a car that Tuck and Ruhi came in, and the one that you, the rest of you came in. You know that you could still fit Tuck and Mia and Ruhi in the car with you, and, and if you went in your car. I,
2: do I see any of this with Tuck and, and that thing in the corner there?
1: By this point, yes, you can see it. You hear the gunshots. Hyde, everyone who is looking for Tuck can now tell that Tuck is fair distance away on the east side of the building, firing at this thing, who has thrown its uh, hand. I look to Hyde at the
2: front and I say, let's get everybody in, start going. I'll provide cover while they run for the second car and I'll try and get Haley out of here.
3: Copy, let's move out.
2: I just rack my uh, 6 hour and I prime
1: it in that direction. And I wait for everyone to get into the car. You turn your focus completely on the car all you moving towards it, that's when you all notice a third shadow emerging from the far side of the parking lot. It is about as far away from you as the other one that Tuck is currently engaging with is, and you guys are kind of smack dab in the middle. On Mia's turn, she ignores Tuck's advice, and Ruhi is kind of struggling to hold her as Mia is like, Haley Haley kind of screaming for her sister Uh, she is squirming enough that I'm going to force Ruhi to make a dex uh, the strength or dex they're both about the same she's got a 50% chance of hanging on to her that is a critical failure with an 88 in the, the the mayhem Ruhi slips and falls and The the girl is out of her grasp.
4: Where would Mia have been in between me and the creature that just... Does that...
1: She is directly behind you. So you, you look and you can see behind you that she has fallen and the girl has slipped. Okay. At the top of the initiative, we have... I
3: guess I'm just going to try to get into a position where I'm in front of everybody who's trying to get into the car. I know Mia's fallen, but I still want to be at least ahead of everybody. As I see these, I assume I see the other two coming from the north.
1: Yeah, I I think you can maintain that that speed and that distance. You're basically going to be the last person in the car, if that's what your intention is. You have to survive another round to get to the car, and then you can get into the car, and you guys will be in the vehicle. Okay. Mia is dropped, and Tuck, you and anyone else that is looking at this individual who has raised their arm up, they become opaque, and you can even see some of the raindrops falling through them. They almost become like a ghost, but they're still very much visible, easy to still see, especially in the rain. With that said, I think they're going to turn their attention to the group and they are going to start walking towards the group. So, hide you will see this entity, this semi-permeable entity walking towards you all. The bigger problem, though, Tuck, is that you can see that there's another one. Another flash of lightning reveals just the barest of details. Again, this kind of intricate jewelry and tattoos and even some paintings uh, on their faces and bodies that are now running in the rain. Feathers, unique feathers in their hair. And they look like the same son of a bitch that took you in the night when you were a child. What are you doing? How many of them are moving toward Mia? I would say that it's almost as if that is their main focus.
0: Then I'm also- I'm using all of my weird-ass speed, all of my, like, anything, and I'm just trying to take the shortest path to my sister. And I realize that's a big, far distance,
1: and I'm gonna have to pass them, but I'm just trying to, like, book this way. So this this one that emerged out of the woods uh, spends its action just walking past you as if it knows that you're a threat, but it's got bigger fish to fry, and it becomes like a, a race between you and this thing. I think because of your improved dexterity, and you do have a faster dex than it, I think you can quickly run past it, but you are still, you're basically around behind the rest of the team, so... Yeah, that's fine the team is going to continue to move around and you're going to continue to remain around. As long as
0: I'm between it and them, that's all I care about.
1: I think it notices that you're keeping up and in fact trying to get past it. Warp, you continue to move your entire round and you get to the car. Boomer, you spend your entire turn and you get to the car. Are you moving towards the driver's seat?
4: Hell oh, yes I am.
1: Okay, I'm gonna remind you that I have almost always in the past asked you to make sanity rolls for driving.
4: Yes, I I, I know.
1: Okay. Merritt, you're spending you're spending your whole turn with yeah. Joe moving to the car. On the stranger's turn, the one that is in the parking lot basically, on the far end of the parking lot, sees Its two allies, emerging from the other side of the cabin, sees the mad dash that is happening towards the car. Those of you looking in the direction can see it reach for some kind of jewelry around its neck, and it plucks it, and then it throws it in your direction. It does not land on top of you. In fact, it even smacks the roof of a random backpacker's car, and then lands in the mud. Those of you with any kind of familiarity with clay or pottery, it sounds like a clay pot smashing. Those of you who are getting to the car, any of you are cl- um, This thing is within 20 feet of you. This, this kind of broken necklace or talisman or whatever this was. Those of you who look in its direction can see a bubbling, white, fleshy thing beginning to grow out of it. It begins crawling out of the talisman, and is clearly moving towards you. Mia and Ruhi, who are both on the floor, no one said that they were going to stop and pick them up. If someone really feels strongly that they would, I will allow a, a retcon there. I thought Boomer was, yeah.
4: If she was down, I would help them up.
1: Okay, so Boomer, you are still around, away from the car.
4: Ugh, I gotta go for Mia. That's more important. I gotta go for Mia. I need
1: you to make an opposed strength check as Mia is attempting to get towards Tuck.
4: Forty-six.
1: This one wow, they just- they rolled a fifteen to succeed on their strength check. Normally, the higher number wins, so I'm going to give it- I'm going to give it to Boomer. Boomer, you're able to scoop her up into your arms, but she is fighting you, oh, reaching yeah, for Tuck. That's-
4: that's
3: fair. I'll try to back away from the crawling, gooey thing.
1: Hi, you've gotten to the car. What are you doing?
3: Um... It's everybody, is everybody in the car.
1: No one has gotten into the car. Now is the round that you can attempt to get into the car. The only one who isn't like in distance of doing it this turn is Boomer.
3: I cannot get into the car until some, everybody gets into the car. So I'm holding an action to fire if I need to until somebody, everybody gets into this car.
1: You can clearly see the broken talisman in which a familiar white goo is growing out of it. Just, just so you're aware, if you want to shoot at it, I will. Sh-
3: yeah, I will shoot at it if it's close enough to everybody and it's going to harm them. I will. I will sh- shoot at it.
1: It is growing rapidly in a way that you have not seen before. So yes, it does appear like it could be hostile. So go ahead and make that attack against it.
3: <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> that is a ten. A success with a ten.
1: Go ahead and make your d10 attack, or for your damage. That's
3: ten points of damage. Hot.
1: Excellent. You shoot it. There's something different about this one. It makes a similar squeaking noise, but almost even more animalistic. It cries out almost in a way, but it is still rapidly growing. Tuck, you are basically side to side next to this five meter tall individual. You can get to Mia on this round if you wanted to. What do you want to do? Do I see my wife's on the ground? Yes. You can see Boomer holding Mia and Ruhi is on the floor like trying to get up out of the mud.
0: I'm flanked. I don't give a shit about me. I I go to Rue and I pick her up and I start pulling her toward the car.
1: Okay. I think you're able to do that. Um, there is now, you know, maybe 10, 15 feet between you and Boomer as you are bringing Ruhi closer to and the I've car. And I've got
0: my firearm out, and I'm just keeping
1: keeping even with Hyde, I guess. <sighs> Warp. Do you want to get into the car? Now
5: that Ruhi's up, I do. Um, everyone else is heading towards the car. I'm getting in the car.
1: The door, I assume, has already been unlocked as someone has the keys. I'm going to say Boomer has the driving keys, but they probably, on the walkover, unlocked yes, it. Yes,
4: because it's remote.
1: Right. Warp, you're able to clamor into the car, no problem. Boomer, it's your turn. What I are you doing? I am
4: running with to that car, and I'm going to be like, kick, don't wiggle, see, happy sister, run! Like, try to get me not to kick me so I can run. Mia, get in the car.
1: You're able to get to the car basically by the end Thank of this God. round. Merritt, are you getting to the car?
2: No, I'm at the passenger door. I'm waiting for Haley and Peru to get in position. I'm right by hide. I'm going to take a shot at that goo if I can. Go ahead. Uh, I have a 37 under 70. It's a success. Go ahead and roll that damage. Uh, they take
1: seven points of damage you fire into this little crater as well. It's still growing rapidly, and its skin is even beginning to change into this kind of green, gray flesh. You even see an eyeball pop out, and and it inhumanly looks in your direction. Joe, I think, I think he's gonna shoot in the direction of that person. He does succeed, and he's gonna roll a D10 to do some damage a significant amount of damage actually, enough to cause it to slow down and stop as it gets fired upon. It takes the bullets and is just kind of still coming uh, with this kind of grimace on its face. On their turn, the stranger that is that has just been shot is going to, again, make a familiar sweeping motion and another kind of broken branch that has fallen over the side of the ranger station kind of flies over its shoulder and in the direction of the car. I'm going to say basically everybody at the car is gonna need to make a dodge roll, Hyde, Joe, and Meredith.
0: Can I help by Putting my weird armory self in between.
1: Yes. Yes, if, if you would like to absorb up to your armor's damage of the of the branch, you could. You could absorb three damage basically. I have a success. I
3: rolled a 99.
1: Oh, oh. Hide! Anyone that just regular failed, you're going to take no damage as Tuck is able to absorb some of it. They leap up and with their forearm, like half of the branch just splits in half. But the other half of it comes tumbling towards you. So anyone that critically failed is going to take one point of damage since Tuck absorbed most of it. That includes Joe, who's going to take a large branch to the head and he kind of tumbles against the car. And so do you, hide. Uh, does that make my armor go away? No, it remains. (laughs) That's so cool. You all witness Tuck make a superhuman leap into the air and like slice this branch in half with their forearm and when they land, you can see that there are kind of iridescent blue carapace segments of her body. I think this warrants a sanity check from the team uh, if you witness this. I'll say warp, you can choose not to if you're in the car, but everyone else probably will have
4: yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> I've had to be more Spencer. When we're seeing Tuck do that, oh, it's just me like, uh,
3: the fuck? <sighs> just eating it away. Yeah, I failed.
1: Yeah, I failed as well.
3: <sighs> yeah.
1: Okay, another point of, uh, just one point of sanity is going to be reduced as you witness Tuck do something completely unnatural and out of the blue. What the fuck? The strangers... One of them performed the action. The other ones are giving you distance. And it's hard to tell if they're giving distance between you or between what they've just unleashed. Mia, seeing these strangers walking up, one of them corporeal, just starts screaming over your shoulder, Boomer. And you start to feel her tremble in a way that isn't normal. It's as if she herself is a vibrating vessel. I'm gonna give you her round to decide as a free action. Do you continue holding on to her, or do you let her go?
4: Uh, I can't. No, cause I'm gonna think something's pulling at her. I'm gonna hold on even tighter. It's an instinctive thing, I can't, I
1: can't. It's the big sister instinct, I get it. I- she begins to vibrate, her hand reaching out, screaming. She succeeds on her ability and Though you are holding onto her, you can feel her practically levitating out of your arms. And this directionality, this energy is emanating from her and it's and it's being directed towards this stranger in front of you. And it becomes this echoing, billowing scream, and then there is this of, like a shockwave. Because of the rain, you can see the literal dome that expands around you and the girl. The car being rocked to the side, the windows shattering. You are going to take six damage, Boomer, from this hit as you are blown back away from... Are
5: you up?
4: I'm okay. I'm okay.
1: You land splatting into the mud and sliding a few feet. Give me a constitution times five roll to determine whether you're stunned. No, not even 70. For the next round, you are stunned as blood is coming out of your nose and your ears and your eyes, and you're just staring at the black sky as rain falls down on you, just feeling as if the wind has been knocked out of you in a way you've never felt before. The rest of you witness, and I'll say Tuck, you are kind of in between all of this, you witness this cone. It hits this five-meter-tall individual and their mouth and their eyes open wide and you see them evaporate in front of you. Just starts in the center and little by little they just turn to dust and are washed away in the rain. The other one who is incorporeal beside it notices and is staring between his uh, dying comrade and the group. I think everyone again needs to make a sanity check as you witness this incredible event. Fail, your fail with a 57. Fail with a 97. Fail. <laughs> Witnessing this, you're, if you fail you're gonna roll a d4. And I'll say that, Boomer, you are not able to see what- Well, you're not, it's not so much you're not able to see what happens, but you still experience something that is sanity-risking, so I do think I need a- Am
4: I just out of it? Or it's like-
1: Here's what I'll say, when you come to, you're gonna make a sanity check. So you can either roll it now, or you can wait until I ask that for makes it. Sense. I, I
4: already did, and it's not good. <laughs> we got triple zeros.
1: That's that's bad. You're gonna roll two d four.
4: Oh D4. god, damn it! Yeah, no shit.
1: Those of you that succeed, you don't lose any sanity. Those that you fail, you roll a d four. If you want to project, now's the time to I do it. I can't
2: project anymore.
1: I'm gonna project on Miranda.
2: Uh, I lost
5: one. I'm gonna sink it into um, my bond with gratitude. Just three. Just three.
1: Ruhi... I will roll now to see whether they succeed. They do succeed their sanity check. At this point, it's just all chaos. They're just ducking their head and following orders like Tuck told her not to look around. Joe also, (laughs) Joe is going to fail his sanity check. You're just blasting his sanity away. You know. Whatever hearing Joe had is gone. At the bottom of the initiative, the thing that has crawled out of the clay talisman, whatever it was, is now the size of a person. It has grown exponentially at an incredible rate, is moving towards you and it is able to reach all of you, but it is not able to act on its turn. You have one turn left to get in this car before it's gonna try to strike out at one of you. You all can see that it is not just a white blob, it is gray and green and it has these white veins You can see small mouths beginning to emerge out of it with these jagged uh, bloody teeth Eyeballs of different kinds. Some look human some look animal. It is an abomination to hide It looks very very familiar. Hide I'm gonna ask for a very special sanity check from you as you recognize this thing.
3: I hate it here (laughs) Uh, It's a fail with a uh, 51.
1: At the top of the initiative is Hyde. Hyde, you see this thing. It's familiar. You blink. What are you doing?
3: Yeah, I think think I'm going to get into the car. Uh, I think I'm going to get into the car, into the driver's seat, uh, and try to get everybody to get into the car and to immediately close the door and try to get us out. If I can get us out of here, I will try to get us out of here.
1: You run around to the driver's side. And you can see Boomer splayed on the, on, in, in the mud about five feet away from you. I would get in the car. But here's the thing, Boomer has the keys. Do I see
3: that the keys are on Boomer?
1: I think you know the keys are on then Boomer. And I will just
3: grab the keys and get in the car.
1: Tuck, you have successfully dragged Mia to the car. You could put both yourself and Mia in the car right now if you want. to. I'm gonna
3: to. put myself in the car, I'm gonna
0: tell Rue to get in the car with Mia. And then I'm gonna call to to Merritt. Merritt, get Boomer.
2: I've got you. Get inside the car.
1: Drive away if you have to. I can Boomer and the other.
0: Uh, I throw the keys. The other the other key. The other car's keys to him, just in case.
1: Warp. You're in the back of the car. Unless you want to do something specific. No, that's perfect. Okay, Boomer. You are on the ground, unable to move, still trying to catch your breath. Mayor, it's your turn. What I'm you running
2: around to grab Boomer to get Boomer up to their feet, and then I'm holding an action to help them into the car or to, uh, get into the car myself if Boomer's able to do it without me.
1: Joe gets into the car. On the stranger's turns, the one that is incorporeal becomes corporeal. They start walking past the ranger station as if they're going to try to head you off on the exit. The one in the far distance in the end of the parking lot is just kind of watching their creation do its job. Mia, she's with you and she seems kind of delirious, as if she's mumbling and looking in all directions. It's, it, it's not quite a seizure, but it's it's, it's just it's strange behavior. Uh, I'm
0: gonna prop her up between Rue and I. I. That's it, I'm just gonna prop her up between Rue and I, and I'm gonna have my hand with the gun uh, out the window.
1: So you are technically the last person in the car, yes, right? Yes, I
0: want to be last person in the car.
1: If you sit in the back, you won't be able to stick your hand out of the car. However, I will remind you, there is an ever-growing blob of slime that looks like it's about to hit the car.
0: So I, if I'm in the back, I can't put my hand out the side. If I'm in the front, I can. Yes. I'll just be in the in the front seat. I'll be in the front seat. I'll, cr- I'll clamber up to the front seat.
1: This body of... Flesh smacks itself against the car and the whole thing rocks. Those of you in the back, you look and you see on the glass this gray green flesh with these white veins in it smack against the window and like Gak is stuck to the glass. And you see eyes kind of crawling up the glass and uh, and gaping mouths that are opening and closing and trying to scratch through the glass. And you see this flesh slowly beginning to crawl up the side of the car as it continues to grow. It is going to make a grab attack on the car to try to hold it in place.
4: God damn it!
1: Hyde, you only know that Merritt and Boomer are outside. Everyone else is in the car. What are you doing?
3: I'm turning the car on and I'm driving away.
1: The car begins to speed. The entity did not seem to get the hold that it wanted to on you and the car suction cups off of it and begins to drive in the mud. Hide as you are making it towards, past the ranger station, towards the exiting street, this enormous lumbering man is going past you. I need a drive roll to see if you can avoid smashing into the side of him. That's a success with an eight. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, dude! You sharp turn around this guy. You can even see its enormous hand reach down to try to grab the vehicle, but you are too fast, and you outmaneuver it. Tuck and warp, you're both in the car. Do you do anything while you're sitting there?
0: I'm gonna just reach out the back of the car and start shooting at the the one that, that menaced us. Make that attack. I succeed.
1: Make that damage roll, please. Ten. You strike at it. You fire. You lean out the window and fire, and for anyone else, this would be incredibly difficult to do in rain, how fast, Hyde is driving, but just like an ace, like there's something about you now that you're able to swing around and fire at this thing. You fire into its side, and it kind of crumples, and as it begins to fall, there is this very bright blue light that flashes. It fills the car, and when it dissipates, that stranger is gone. Boomer, you finally come to (laughs) coughing and spitting up blood. Merritt is standing over you. Oh. What do you do?
4: Fucking <laughs> hell.
1: We need to go. The other yeah. car, we gotta move now. I think, Boomer, you're able to stand with Merritt's help, but I don't think you guys are able to move maybe more than six feet, uh, you know, as, as that standing up took most of the time. You have your vehicle, which is about a round away. You have two strangers, which are much farther from you than this thing that is now the size of a Buick, and it is now drawing its attention to you. Its eyes, its many eyes kind of shifting towards you. merit. it is your turn. Okay, um, yeah, I want to continue to move,
2: sort of skirting this thing the best I can to get closer to that car, and if I can move and take a shot at this thing, uh, I'm gonna try. Go ahead and do so. I have a 53 under my firearms of 70, uh, so it's a success. Go ahead and roll the damage.
1: Uh, nine uh, points of damage. Oh boy. boy, merit. You shoot out a couple of eyes, and you cause it to writhe and shift, but like an intelligent animal, it seems to learn from what's happening, and it kind of slinks behind a few cars. You see it very quickly roll behind a few cars where it cannot be as easily seen, even though it's about as big as the cars, most of it is defended by a van, but you do now see a clear space to get to your vehicle. Thank god. Yeah, I'm busting it with with Boomer on my side. I'm trying to keep them close. Hi, you are booking it out of here. I just need one drive roll to determine how difficult it is to get out of here and to battle the storm. It's a fail
3: with a uh, a 59.
1: You can feel the wind trying to blow the car Mm. off the road. The, the windows are all broken, so you are being pelted by the warm rain. I'm going to say that basically, you slip and slide enough that you do hit a tree here and there on the side of the vehicle as you slip and slide. Because of this, everyone in the vehicle is going to have to take two damage. I'm also going to roll a lethality roll just for the vehicle to see how it's doing. Okay, it fails, so I'm going to say... The body of the vehicle takes a lot of damage in this. You you know, you have to come to a stop, you restart it and get it going again, and it's it's a bit of an, uh, of an ordeal, but you're all only going to take two damage. Okay. This constitutes basically the majority of the trip, and you're able to continue going out of here somewhat safely, although taking the occasional bad bump or the occasional smack against the tree. Back to Boomer oh. and Merritt. Are you making a mad oh, yeah. dash for yeah. the car? Merritt's going straight for the driver's
4: seat. i not complaining. I'm running right to the passenger at the back, whatever's closest.
2: Who's driving? I'm driving. I'm going to hand Boomer my gun as soon as I get but in. Both
1: of you are able to get to the vehicle and get in. You start the car, Merritt, and you have to survey your surroundings. And you look in the direction of the exit where you see a clear view you start the car, on the next round you can get going. At the end of this round, however, that thing that you were shooting at comes from around behind one of the vehicles, again smacks against your vehicle, and is going to attempt to hold on to it. Again, it fails. Yes. On your next turn, which is right now, you are able to drive. Is that what Max, you do? listen, I, I'm going to do
2: something I never do, and I want you to trust me when I do it. I'm going to speed. Uh, and I turn on the ignition, and I pull it into drive, and I absolutely floor it. I put my foot
1: through the fucking floor.
4: It's okay. I'm partially deaf and blind right now
1: give me a drive roll, Merritt, to see how you fare in the score. Sure.
2: Merritt is mentioning affirmations to himself, the same that he does in the mirror every day. He's reminding himself to stay calm. He's even reciting old, uh, safety videos of driving from Driver's Ed in the past, and,
1: um, he thankfully passes with a 38 under 50. Oh, Amazing.
4: Oh, my boy!
1: <laughs> You're able to maneuver a little bit better than, than Hyde is, but you're you're able to get out of there if you look if you look in your rearview mirror you can still see a very large body the stranger that had thrown that thing walking forward that beast that fleshy thing also pursues you because of your successful drive roll i will say that it keeps up for about a solid minute you can see it rolling behind Drag you faster.
4: must drive faster must drive faster
1: I'm trying i'm trying i've never done this before Eventually, something happens where the entire body of this thing seizes. It, it sort of stops in its tracks. It begins to seize, and as you drive off, it fades into the darkness, but it seems as if the thing is beginning to self-destruct or come apart in a way that is similar to what you saw in the cabin.
4: Fuck! Oh, Just middle finger. Oh, fuck you! Fuck you! Oh, I hate this. Yeah. I fucking hate
1: this job. There is about ten to fifteen minutes of driving. Does anything happen in either of these cars other than the focus of just getting out of
0: as here? As soon as we're going, I'm calling and just seeing if they're fucking alive.
2: Uh, Merit hands the phone over to Boomer because he doesn't use his phone while he drives.
4: Are you, alive? are you alive? Both of you? Holy shit! Tonight, I have cashed in every fucking karma point I have. How am I alive? How are we all alive? Oh god. Okay, keep
0: driving. Don't turn around. Don't
4: slow down. Don't stop. Keep, keep going. Keep going. she said. They said, don't stop. Keep going. What do you say?
2: Where are we going? Where are we going? We're just driving. Where are
3: we going? Out. Away. Not here anymore. Does Hyde have
2: a location? Ask Hyde where we're gonna stop? Are we driving for the whole night?
3: Hyde, you wanna stop somewhere or you wanna just go? We're gonna keep going. And then we'll. Once we get out of the storm, we can figure out where we're gonna actually go. But for now, we should just keep as much distance as possible. There's a town like six miles away from here.
5: But other than that, we're gonna. It's gonna be a while before we find another place to stop
4: another 10 minutes. I'll take a shift driving if we need to. I say we keep going as far as this gas takes us.
2: You drive on.
4: Sergio, I do want to have a moment with Merritt and actually genuinely like grab his arm and like thank you for not leaving me.
2: I would never leave you. What are you talking about? I would never leave you. You're here. We're good. And I, I squeeze back, and I probably squeeze harder than I intend to, and I don't think my hand leaves you. I think he starts driving with one hand. I was
4: going to say, I'm going to grip his hand the whole time, because it's like she's actually in a very big
2: terror right now. We're good. We're good. Why don't you roll down the window? Maybe we need some air in here.
4: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. We need some air.
1: Do you roll down the window, Boomer? I, yes,
4: I do. Yes, I do.
1: Okay, you are soaked in rain as you roll down the I'm putting
4: the it back up. I rolled it up and I put it back up. That maybe not.
1: Stupid.
4: That was stupid.
3: That was stupid.
1: Fifteen minutes of winding road, and you finally see it. Ahead, like a, like a sun shower. Like a... I mean, really, it looks like a wall more than anything of weather. And you can see, not sunshine, but moonlight, stars. You're maybe... A hundred feet away. but hide, you are the first to notice that just before that break in weather, there is a row of small bodies, small human bodies. and they seem to be lined up in a row, holding hands, blocking the street.
3: Holy f- it's all the other kids.
1: I, s- I s- stop, I slow down. The car comes to a screeching halt and about 80 feet away from the vehicle, with the headlights on them now, you can see children all holding hands, scrunching their faces from the rain, trying to shield themselves, dressed in mud-caked rags. There's about six of them, and they're all standing in the road. That's when you notice movement off to your left, and you can see this enormous figure emerging out of the woods. It spends its turn basically getting to the vehicle. It's now or never hide. Are you going through or are you going around? Can, I go around?
3: can you go around? Can I go around? Is there a way to go around? I can't do that.
1: You can go around the children, but it's going to be a process of turning the wheel, hitting the gas, going around. I will need a drive check to see if you can succeed.
3: Whatever I can do to try to go around these kids, I, I want to do that. I can't, I can't go forward. I can't do that.
1: If you want to try to go around them safely, make a drive roll.
0: Can I be looking can I use alertness to try and help her find things that are like going to cause us danger? Can I try to be like be her lookout on the side?
1: I, I think that's fair enough, yes. You can have twenty percent to that role. It doesn't, um, it
3: doesn't matter, it's an eighty two Fuck.
1: Damn. Oh. it's okay. It's
3: okay.
1: You swerve around the children, but it's too much of a turn and the vehicle drops into a ditch. None of you take any damage, but the vehicle is now effectively stuck in a ditch. Merit, you pull up on a scene that appears that there is one more of these things That is, has reached for the vehicle, but it has swerved past and has now gotten itself stuck in a ditch and what appears to be small humanoids pass this thing, but it's fixing itself up upright to turn to Run the vehicle. Over.
2: Run it over. Boomer, if we lose this car, we can't get away from the fucking thing. I- I pull, uh, into the side of the road, I take the keys out of the ignition, I give it to Boomer, I get out of the car, I draw my weapon, and I'm gonna take a shot as best as I can at the head of this thing. I need to draw its attention so it doesn't go for any of them. It's gonna kill you. Go Uh, ahead. An 18 under 70. Hot. Hot dice. That is a success.
1: Roll your damage. It'll take 10 points of damage.
4: God bless you! you.
1: It it does not like that. Going back into a kind of initiative, everyone in the car, you can feel that the vehicle is stuck. You can hear the the tires spinning. Hyde, you are the top of the initiative. You can either continue trying to get the vehicle out, or you can get out of the vehicle. What do you want to do? You can also see the clear skies, and you can run out of the storm. I'm going to
3: get everybody out of the vehicle, and I'm- or I'm going to tell everybody to get out of the vehicle and make a run for it. And Hyde is going to get out of the car and start making their way towards the- Towards the clearing. And who
1: is carrying Mia?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna turn to them and say, Mia, I need you to listen to me. You go with through and I will be right behind you. Do not try to get down.
1: Hi, you clamor out of the car. Tuck, you clamor out of the car. What do you I do? I
0: am going to also take shots at it because I saw Orson out there and I'm going to also try and disable it as be- as best I can.
1: Make that attack.
0: 15. Absolutely hits.
1: Roll the damage. Eight. Holy shit, this... It is is not happy about that, and you can see the yellow, murky blood emerging from its bullet wounds, and it does seem to be struggling, but it is desperately trying to get towards Mia as it sees... Finally, the, the it's quarry.
0: Is it stunned because it took 17 damage?
1: That's a that's a great question. I will roll to see that. Uh, with a very high constitution, it still succeeds. It would, that tracks. Warp, I assume you're running.
5: Sorry, yes. I'm going to try to run in front of Rue and Mia so that there's one of us in front and behind them.
1: Okay, got it. Boomer, you're in the car. What are you doing? You've got the keys.
4: Are the kids just still, like, six of them? i going to be like, Merit, do I get the kids? Dude, what do you want? Like...
2: Get them. Yeah, save them. We need we need to win something. Get them. Ah,
4: yeah. Can I, uh, we can't
1: just leave them here. I
4: got that. I got that. So I'm going to try to get in the car and try to get close to the Is there a way I could get closer to the kids? Like
1: I think that okay. yes, you can just basically drive the car forward leaving Merritt behind yeah. and you can pull up next to the children. Are you going to get out of the car or are you going to like roll down the window I'm gonna or roll
4: something? Roll down the window and unlock the doors and I'm like just can you get in or do you need me to get you in?
1: The window goes down, you pull over and you yell at the children. <laughs> the one closest to you looks in your direction and you realize that their skin is gray and... Okay. ...dead. Their eyes uh, white. What? And it begins clamoring to get into the vehicle.
4: I still have the gas pedal. I'm gonna hit the gas.
3: <laughs> I'll still hit the gas.
1: I think you've spent your turn getting to it. You can hit the gas That's on the next fair. one. On its turn, it's going to clamber into the vehicle, and it's going to bite Whoa! into you. It rolls a 78, which means as soon as it gets in the car, it's like clamoring for you, but you immediately, as soon as you see it come through the Hell window, no. you're, like, you're just kind of swinging <laughs> your arms wildly, and it has not managed to grab you, but it is scrambling to bite into you, as if it's a rabid animal.
5: Bye-bye.
4: Time to go.
1: Merrin. It's your turn. I'm taking another shot at this fucking thing. We can't let it
2: get us. I now see that the rest of them are running away. I see that Boomer's getting chased after. We need at least one of these equations solved. Go ahead and fire at it. Another 38. 38, and he takes, uh, this time just five points of damage.
1: Again, there is this brilliant blue flash of light that stuns you all for just the briefest of second as you have to close your eyes and shield yourself from the brightness of it. And when it goes away and you can open your eyes again, this enormous figure is nowhere to be seen. Everyone is able to make it out of the storm, and it's such a bizarre feeling to suddenly no longer be covered in rain and to be hit with that humid, warm summer air, that California air. And you can look up and you can see this pillar, this wall, this enormous veil of rain that is hitting that side of the park, but not on the side that you're on. Boomer, this thing is thrashing at you like a wild animal. Yeah. There, is this ino- there is this incredible flash of blue light, and then when you, you're about to strike at this thing, and it's already gone inanimate. It's now a lifeless corpse in your car that at worst is taking up a bunch of space on your oh console. Oh my god,
4: that's... That's... Uh, uh, boomer screaming like... That's probably more fear that the body of a child is in the window of her car.
1: I think you need to make a sanity check once you realize these are not normal children. Merit, you can witness on your turn all of the five remaining children just kind of drop like stones where they where they but stand. You. You're gonna roll a d6, please. Hoover. Five. Okay, if you don't project that, you're gonna go temporarily insane. Oh, fuck.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna have to project it.
1: Okay, roll a d4.
4: Oh, sweet baby Jesus, I got a one.
1: Okay, you're going to reduce your sanity loss to four. You only lose four sanity. Have you hit your breaking point or what anything?
4: What if I'm exactly at the breaking
1: point? Well, then you I hit, hit
4: it. it. Yes, I did.
1: Remove one willpower and one from one of the bonds. You are either going to flee, fight, or freeze. I would argue you're going to flee.
4: Am I fleeing for, is it the- exact because the, it's the corpse? Like I'm getting away from the actual body-body of itself? Because that's
1: different than if I'm like fleeing everybody in the car. I will allow you to make that distinction. Because
4: I because th- with the cracking point and all that, I think it's that thing trying to bite her and then it just goes dead, and it just like breaks her out. I'm trying to get out of the car as it moves. Like it's moving, and I'm getting out of it.
1: You basically put your foot off the gas and it just idles and begins to roll forward. You tumble out of the vehicle screaming, screaming about a body, screaming about a dead child. We are out of initiative. Those of you on the other side of the veil, you see the car just slowly roll out of the storm. Merritt, you see Boomer frantically getting out of the car and kind of clamoring towards the side of the street. What
2: do you do? Uh, I'm going to run for Boomer. At first, Merritt was so focused on these children and so just caught up in everything as he's uh, changing the magazine on his SIG. But as soon as he sees that Boomer is running free from the car,
1: he's, he's going to go straight to them and, and try and help them out of whatever's going on. Boomer is thrashing and screaming about a body and wanting to get away, and it seems inconsolable. If you would like, you can attempt a psychotherapy role to try to calm them down and break them out of this. I moment. fail my psychotherapy with a 76 over 30. The rest of you on the other side of the veil, you see this car slowly, but surely rolling past you with no one inside of it. What are you doing? I
0: don't think Tuck is paying attention to anything else that's happening when all the other kids dropped. She's sprinting for Mia.
1: You are able to scoop her up in your arms and you hear her whisper I protected you and you protected me
0: oh, You did real good. You did really good baby You did so good and I'm just gonna like gather her and Rue against
1: me and hold them Is no one going for the vehicle?
3: Uh, I go for the vehicle
1: Hyde, I think it's easy enough for you to rush after the car, get into it, stop it, and then you immediately look to your right-hand side and you see that there is the body of a dead child. Looks to be about eight.
5: Yeah, wow, concerning.
1: Yeah. I think that warrants a sanity check.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, concerning. That's a fail with a 61.
1: It is not attacking you, and you did not see what it did to Boomer, so I'll say that you only lose one point of sanity for just the disgusting nature of of this. Merit, Boomer is almost inconsolable, but after a few minutes, you're able to at least get her to stop running away from you and tearing out of your arms. You are able to get her to move, but as you're sort of getting her out and getting her up, the rain starts to subside, and by the time that Merit and Boomer walk out, The rain is almost a trickle, and you can see it in real time as this storm is slowly beginning to recede, and inch by inch, the storm returns towards the ranger station. And the longer you stand here, the longer those black clouds begin to just dissipate and the sound of the rain begins to sound. I think
2: Merritt's focus after he's looked up at the sky is is just returning back to those children and he just can't take his eyes off of what's happened and what continues to
4: happen. <laughs> I'm gonna walk away. Like as I don't know, I'm just walking away from the bodies as much as possible. Like heading towards the group, and like uh, I'll be frank, in a very because I'm still like with my head, my ears, the blow. I'm kind of just I'm done, (laughs) kind of like I just need to walk away.
1: Boomer is a little delirious, but remains around the group. Joe stands up and it's just like, what the fuck was that? (sighs) Uh, You you don't have to answer that question. I wasn't expecting you to know. Yeah,
0: what did it look like?
1: Looked like giant people coming out of the woods to to. Get the girl.
0: Here's your answer. I don't. I don't know what that means. Uh...
1: He, he he pulls out his cell phone and he's looking through it. As like, fuck, I don't have a signal. I, there's somebody in San Francisco. I, I got uh, a call.
0: you don't need to
1: tell anyone about this.
3: Hyde's gonna get out of the car.
1: No, no, no. I'm telling you. The, 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 this one, she's she's good with this kind of stuff. It's how I met her. She she's good with these kinds of things. It shows who I was gonna get you to. Delilah. She knows about weird shit like this.
4: Can we just regroup out of this forest? It's cold. We're, like, can we just, like, go to anywhere else?
2: We need to call someone for the body. Someone has to wait. There's no signal.
0: Look, we can all fit, we all scrunch in the car.
1: I don't think nine people can fit into the vehicle that Tuck and Mia rented. The larger vehicle is currently stuck if you would like to work together to try to get it out or get it unstuck, you could attempt that. But right now, the only option is four people, I would say, can fit in the, the, the vehicle that Ruhi brought. Some of you could go for help. The rest of us could stay
2: here, get the car out of the ditch and wait for emergency services. We we could stay here just in case they bring another storm, just in case they come back, in case they want this.
0: I I don't think we need to
4: worry about that,
2: I, them. We shouldn't? Th- we shouldn't worry about that? I, right we should now, just worry about Mia. No, I, we can't help these kids... We can at least give them the respect they deserve.
5: I imagine that if the authorities start identifying some of these bodies and see that some of them are 20 plus years old, that is not going to be good.
2: Well thought out, Warp. Absolutely.
5: Honestly,
4: what can they accuse us of? Being around missing children.
2: Do you not remember Michigan? Do you not remember me losing my job? They'll find any excuse to blame us. They'll find any excuse to hate us for trying to do the right thing. We need to be ahead of it because they will leap at any opportunity.
4: We have no knowledge. We don't even have to purport
5: it. Just
2: We're not even supposed to be here. If our names come up anywhere in any of these recordings on a government level, it's going to go back to the program.
5: The best we can do is maybe bury these kids and keep going, but we... We don't, we can't be responsible for them having a, anything more than that.
2: We cannot be here. With a great amount of respect to what you're presenting to me here, because I understand it does fall within protocol, but we came here because some amount of years ago, Haley lost her sister and has lived her entire life without knowing what happened to them, whether they were alive or dead or missing, and we're gonna do the same thing to six more people right now because we're afraid that that might get brought back to us? They've already lived with it. Okay, Haley. You tell that to the six other Haleys just like you. I just think they should have a choice like Haley did.
5: We can't. If we're implicated and arrested, we can't do anything yeah. for them at all.
2: So let's do our job and report this correctly. No. In what job? Yeah, exactly. What job? You're not in the FBI anymore, Merritt. Listen. Thank you for reminding me all that all of you don't really care about any other human being on this planet and that I
1: am retired. That's not Let's move on. Let's bury him.
4: Uh, Sergio, where's Joe?
1: Joe has been kind of walking around with his mm-hmm. hand up in the air trying to get cell service. All right, I'm going to be
4: like, I'm going to just show. Joe, you have anything I'm going to ask? You have any thoughts?
1: T- talking about burying kids? N- n- no. I- in fact, I-, I need to identify them. I-, I need to contact somebody about these people. <laughs> I think he's going to start walking towards the children.
0: This area is highly trafficked. No one's going to... They're not going to miss them.
1: You didn't miss Mia?
0: I'm not saying it that way, you fuck. I'm saying no one is going to miss seeing these children.
2: I'm just wondering how it's different, Hayley.
0: She's alive. They're not. This is a highly trafficked area. We move them off to the side. Right. Someone will see them. Okay. Especially with ev- with the storm that's kicked up and everyone being trying to get here, people are coming this way. They will find them.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure Ruhi agrees. She looks at you, Merid, with a kind of kind of terror as she has been listening to all of you conduct your business, and she really doesn't have much to say. If anything, she kind of backs up in a sign of I, I don't want to make anyone irate. I, I just I just I just want to. I just want to get out of here. That's all. Okay.
0: Don't bring her into this. This isn't her job.
2: I didn't bring her into this.
0: She... You're right.
2: Let's go. Let's bury them. I'm with you now. Let's do it.
0: I'm not saying we bury them. I'm saying we move them to the side where people can find them.
2: Whatever you would have done. I was going
5: to say if we bury them, the rain will... The the. They'll come up out of the ground, and someone will find them. It'll be more natural that way. Then they came up in the runoff.
0: We'll be as gentle as we can with them.
4: Let's not forget that DNA evidence is a thing. Yeah. Do we still have gloves?
2: They're in my bag. Then it's up to you, Merritt. I don't want to do this. I've
1: done it enough.
0: I'll do it. We'll do it together. It's faster this way.
1: Hide and tuck. Begin the process of scooping up the bodies or dragging the bodies towards the side
0: we, I make sure we both carry them and are gentle where we put them
1: Joe protests this and while he isn't interested in starting a fight with six other people, there is a point where you begin to notice that he is walking away from you and walking back towards the Rangers. I'm station. gonna
2: stay with Joe if that's the case I'm, I'm not gonna let him leave like that I would get in the
1: way he, he continues to move in the direction of the station, and he looks at you and he says, Look, I know what you're thinking, but I gotta make a call, and if you want to get out of here, that's fine. I don't know who you people are, but I can't just sit idly by while you leave these bodies on the side of the road. Joe, I know what call you're going to
2: make, so I feel like I know what you're thinking. Um, I think you have a choice here. You are being presented with something that you do not understand, and you have a few directions on which way you can go. You can go backwards or forwards, and going back to the ranger station, that's backwards. Staying here, staying with us, that's forwards. Backwards momentum is not something I would recommend. Something that I've been idly threatening you with, but I will pursue. This is me being kind. This is all of us being kind uh, in our own way, as much as we argue over it. If you stay here, we'll allow you to make your call somewhere down the road, and we'll give you a little more understanding into what it is that's happening here. But if you go down that
1: road, I'd guess you'd make it maybe 30 feet. He stops, and he turns to you, and he looks at you the way an elder looks at a younger person sizing them up. And he says, I'm not being taken hostage. Hmm. I'm not going to do it. Merit... Your human intelligence is is high enough, and you know what kind of man this man is. And you also know that if he was good at his job, he'd be reaching for that pistol that he's got. What are you doing? I'm going to do what um, I promised him. I'm going to ask that you both make dexterity rolls to determine who draws their weapon first. I have... Uh, critical success with a 55. You are able to draw your weapon first. It's just how it is, Joe. And I put two in his chest. Everyone else who is moving the bodies hears, bam, bam, bam. And you look back and you see the elderly gentleman, Joe, collapse to the ground, bleeding out, cursing you. Saying, whoever the hell you are, you're going to get what's coming to you. And he's just basically rolling around on the floor. I walk up
2: to him. I kneel by him, and Merritt is just trying to hold back every thread of himself that's unraveling from this whole situation. I want to meet his eyes, and I'm going to reach down and say, I'm going to take everything that I can to allow the people that love you to know what happened here, and you will be remembered and loved, and I'm sorry that this happened, but you should have just stayed within those
1: 30 feet. I'm sorry, Joe. Just give me a sanity check. I fail with an 81. I need you to roll a d10. Uh, perfect 10. You may project that if you'd like. Yeah, uh, I just roll a
2: d4, right? Uh, Yes. Two of that gets projected onto Miranda. You
1: are still going to lose eight sanity. That puts me past my breaking point for the first time. You're going to go temporarily insane, and I'm going to say that you freeze. Tuck, what are you doing?
0: Realizing that things are in our name, Tuck is going to go and look at the other car and just see if they can do anything to get it out unstuck.
1: It doesn't look like it's impossible, but it looks like it might take some muscle to get it out. It's just kind of stuck in mud, and it probably needs, you know, some solid pushes to get Uh, it
0: out. Then I'll toss, hide the keys, and say, start the car. I'm going to try to push it. Okay.
1: Hide. You get into the car and punch it. Tuck. I assume you're just kind of with all of your might trying to push on it. As you begin, you have to stop because about an hour has passed of all of this, of moving the bodies and settling all of this, and you feel a terrible feeling in your stomach, like you're about to retch. I
0: I turn away from the car, uh, toward the forest.
1: You turn and brace yourself against a tree just as this thick, warm, blue goo begins to pour out of your mouth and your esophagus. You puke it all over the ground, and even in the dark of the night, you can see it visibly splash against the green of the trees and the mud. And eventually, hide. you are in the driver's side, and you don't feel the pushing anymore. And when you look, you see Tuck puking their guts up.
3: I lean out, and I say, uh, you okay? One second.
1: (sighs) More comes out. Just this very, very thick and continuous blue liquid of some kind.
0: Oh, my
3: God. I get out of the car, and I I guess I'll go hold her hair.
0: Oh, that's so sweet.
1: (laughs) You do that, and hide. you are the second person after Tuck to witness her puking this blue stuff. And for a solid three minutes, Tuck, you are taking a moment, and then more comes out, and then you take a moment, and more comes out, and finally, after about three minutes of this, it stops.
3: Guessing that's not normal? No, uh, that's, that's new.
0: Uh, this is gonna be gross. Did it taste like normal puke?
1: It's hard to tell. It it feels like stomach fluids, okay. yes.
0: It's like it feels like bile and acid. And
1: It's just not a color you were expecting, but yes, it does kind of feel acidic and, and bile-like, yes.
3: Are there any other surprises I should know about? I don't know. I felt really good for a little bit. You saw that... Usually puking happens after you've been feeling really good. Ugh, now I know what the drunk priest feels like.
1: Some of that blue carapace that has also been visible on her body is starting to peel off and fall to the ground.
3: You know what? Fuck it. We don't have time for
0: this. (laughs) I'm going to kick some dirt over it, and I'm going to go back to the
1: car. Those of you who are moving the bodies to the side, you are able to do that, and then you notice that Merit has not left the side of Joe DeWant.
5: Hyde's going to approach. I want to... I want to go... To Joe's body as well.
1: Hide and warp, you walk over to Merritt, who is now sitting crouching over a lifeless Joe's body.
2: I think that Merritt is still in the kneeled position um, to Joe, and he's still sort of whispering under his uh, breath at Joe, uh, and he's holding his face, um, and he's just staring into the cold dead eyes of Joe and speaking over and over again about making sure he's remembered that that people are going to know what happened.
3: Hyde would like to go and stand in front of Merritt and eventually kneel down and Hyde wants to first lift Merritt's head so that they can both make eye contact with each other and then Hyde is going to kind of out of characterly embrace Merritt. And as he does that, he's going to whisper into Merit's ear, this is what we have to do to keep us safe. And I'm just going to hold him tighter.
2: I'm so sick of doing it. I'm so sick of doing it. I can't do this. I can't be this anymore. <laughs> They're all like us, they just don't know this is the only difference, they just don't know. And Merritt just holds them as hard as he can, holds Hyde right up against them.
5: Warp is moving Joe's body off to the side of the road, and as she's doing that, she takes Joe's phone.
1: What about his identification?
5: Yeah, I'll take that too.
1: With his eyes still open, staring up at the sky, you take his identification and you leave him on the side of the road. A trail of blood leading towards his body. And as Merit quietly sobs into Hyde's shoulder, I think now's a good place to bring the session to a close.